Yeah, so this is the TOTFC podcast uh, episode two. First um, ever, first ever with a guest um, guest on the show. Um, his name's Chico States. Um, he was essentially supposed to be the first episode, but based on the first episode we just posted, the COVID nineteen, that's why that got posted. But so Chico um, is currently working with Orange Theory Fitness. For those people that don't know, it's a uh, fitness. It's a business that puts um, people through workouts. Chico spent 12 years, um, over a decade in the federal, uh, Canadian, uh, penitentiary. And since being out, he's joined orange, the, the orange theory team and is, is working on, uh, bettering others lives along with himself. So it's, it's a really interesting story to hear, uh, somebody, his journey, his life to where he is now. Um, for sure. Uh, someone who grew up in Halifax. Um, he's the older brother of one of my really good friends growing up, uh, Malik. And uh, it was my first time getting to meet him. I, I've only heard like snippets of uh, stories of just from his younger brother, Malik. And there were so many points in this episode where I, both Will and I just got goosebumps over the, the perspective that he's shown in growth through going through... Uh, his time behind bars. So hope you enjoyed it. And, and, and it's an un, unconventional exactly. journey that, that yeah. not many people can relate to. Right. So it's especially important to be able to hear that perspective that, you know, you might be, you might be one of those people that prejudges somebody that's been through that situation without really hearing the, the through the going through it. Right. So um, that made it even more exciting because, you know, it's, it's a you're learning a lot. Yeah, for firsthand experience of something that a lot of people don't uh, have have eyes on. So episode episode two TOTFC podcast. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. What's going on? Hey, we, we've never actually met before, have we? We have never actually met before. Yeah. I, I would have seen you back in the day when you were younger and shit at camp and stuff, right. but obviously uh-huh. that's well before you would remember who I was. But Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember, only remember um, meeting Malik when he was when we were real little. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. that time. For sure, you what you and Malik gotta be roughly like around the same age. He's probably like maybe your two years. Yeah, he, I think he's one like a couple months older. Yeah. So you're you're the first uh, guest ever on uh, TOTFC podcast. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, let, 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 why don't you introduce yourself um, for people that don't know you or and and give yourself a little uh give them a little explanation who you are and and a little bit of a backdrop of uh of you all right man for all y'all that don't know me man my name's chico chico states people in the streets know me as peanuts so that's normally what i go by on on social media that's always been my name ever since ever since a kid growing up in the square in halifax uh so 
I just always stuck with it, always ran with it. A little backstory about myself. I'm 33 now. You know, feels funny to say that because I don't feel a day over whatever age you say it is. I probably don't feel a day over that age, you know, 19, 20, 21. I'm in the best shape of my life now. So, you know, when people say age is that money number, I definitely feel that. I never felt this good as a teenager as I do today. And so little backstory about my life, I spent 12 years, 12 years in jail, so I'm just, wow. you know, pretty much right now, it's the 13th of March, I think, 13th, 14th of March, I'm coming up on exactly one year out, I got out on March 20th of 2019, so, you know, this is probably a good time to get to know people, because 12 months of being free, like, that's to be viewed as an accomplishment in this world and you know here I am and I'm just you know happy to be here and 100 yeah. percent that's uh yeah, that's what's up that's 12 years is a long time eh yeah 12 years was definitely it was definitely a long time but it, it's crazy to say like it's a long time it definitely was but when you're sitting there man it don't it didn't feel like 12 years I don't know what 12 <laughs> years I don't know what 12 years felt like to you guys out here yeah, in the community. Yeah. I don't know what 12 right. years felt like to you guys in university and living your life from, you know, the age of 20 to 32 and, you know, 12 years for you. I don't know what it felt like, but to me, it was like sometimes you just sit back and you look and you have a conversation with a guy and you're like, oh, how long have you been in? Oh, I've been in. 16 years or I've been in four years or I've been in 12 months and it's just like when you have those conversations it's like oh I've been in eight years it's like you say it out loud it's like sometimes just try and sit back and 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 count or look at well where the days go and you could probably of you know of all the days you could probably recall 70 percent of them but it's like wow all mm. of that time has gone by it's like okay yeah 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 so so when you when you spent time time in there, did you um, was working out and 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 uh, that kind of stuff was that a a daily routine for you, or did it become more of a routine once you once you got out? So when I first went in, working out was nothing to me. I was just like more or less just chilling, and I still was like I was still young at that point, and I didn't really get the whole working out thing. So I was more into smoking back then. I still got high more into playing cards because I like to play poker a lot. So I never, ever, I never, ever, I never, ever worked out. So for my first, for my first like seven years, I never really worked out. Like every now and again, I started going to the gym, but I didn't take it serious. Like I would go and in my mind, it was like, oh, okay. It's just basically to kill 60 minutes to hang with the guys is why I would go to the gym. Like I did it. It was like, okay, I have 24 hours in a day. Okay, the guys go to the gym. I'll go to the gym and work out and hang out. But I wasn't there as a lifestyle. So I was just there in the gym, kicking it, throwing some weights around. And then, you know, I can remember going to the yard back in North Fraser and not being able to do a pull-up. I remember working out with this guy, Pearls, and I wasn't able to do a pull-up. I can remember those days. him spotting me on one pull-up. And Mm -hmm. I never really thought nothing of it. This is, you know, and then years go by, and here I am, you know, when I was in the max, you had to do a lot of cell workouts. You never, ever got out of your cell. So 
we had like this program that we called beast mode and it was like everybody we we did it everybody did it every day and it was like a set of it's like an exercise of 30 30 sets and it's Mm. a set of something then 12 burpees and a set of something and then 12 burpees Mm. and we would all do it in separate cells in separate cells and keep our times and you know and and like everybody would go so say one guy got done in 24 minutes another guy might take 26 but we would all All do it and we had this on the back of the door and I started doing that and I started getting in decent shape. I'm doing that every, we were doing that five days a week and that's, you know, worked out to be roughly like, I think 244 burpees or something every day. So we were yeah. just doing that straight body weight. And then I'm, as I got to the medium 2014, I started working out, but then it hit me and I was like, I quit smoking and I just started taking it serious. Like started doing my diet really serious. Started doing mm. some competitions cause they have workout competitions in there. Oh, they do. They, oh yeah. They have workout competitions. They do it by weight class. So they have a few, you know, so they'll have like your bench press competition, your deadlift yeah. clean and squat. They have that one. Then okay. they also have like an individual, uh circuit one so they set up 10 different circuits and and you have to do that so you know pull up carry the punching bag up and down the stairs drop it run do the leg press run do 10 pull-ups go to the next Mm. station do farmers walks up and down the gym with like the Mm -hmm. 85s first and the 75s and the 65s and you know the sled pull so i started doing that kind of stuff and then it just sort of got me really into it and i started getting stronger and i was like all right this is cool and i started started enjoying it yeah i started enjoying it It wasn't more like i'm gonna kill an hour it was more like yo i need to get myself in shape you know what i mean and how did you see did you see like a mental shift for you like as the from from the time when you first got in there where you weren't working out to when you decided to really take it serious how did that how did that change your day to day or like like even your week to week it's crazy because everybody if everybody knows me from the city pretty much i grew up every single day playing ball ball was my life uncle wave me will would know we always would go and link up go to runs down kings down tons down smew dixon everything we would go to runs every single day and that was my life Shortly after that, it shifted and selling dope became my life. So it was all day, every day. That was what I was putting my mind into. And I realized that I'm the type of person that I need to have something in my middle, in the middle of my circle that I put my center my life around. So when it was ball, that was it. Ball was in the middle. Everything else came after that. I was Mm. able to do everything else. So then it was drugs, whether it was I was up all night, all day, all night selling but I had something in my middle. It was a bad middle, but it was something yeah. that I did, and it kept me kept me focused, yeah. negative or not, kept me sure. focused. So then, when I substituted that in for weights, now my whole day, my whole life centers around weights. But that was a positive because it allowed me to stay focused on what my goals were, which was eventually getting out. So I would struggle my schedule my day around lifting weights. But then still do everything else that I need to do. My school, my programs, my conversations, my meetings. And that's transition out here. Whereas every day I make sure to get my workout in. But I also make sure to go mm-hmm. to work. I also make sure I don't miss out of my meetings. So I need to have that thing. Whatever that thing is, positive or negative. I know me as a person, I need to have one thing. And I'm glad that weights is that thing now. Because I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink, and it's just strictly weights. But yeah, it's good. It's, it's positive for me. So, 
that's uh <clears throat> i was gonna say um for for young kids that might be from the square or the park that might be in that age category like say i don't know 16 to to 21 or something would you suggest for them to to take fitness serious would you tell them to try to get or go regularly try to try to add that to their life or like what would you tell a kid that's in the same position that that you were um growing up because we talk about environment and and um a lot and being from being from Halifax a little pretext to people that don't know Halifax is very you know it's a segregated place compared to other places in in um Canada there's there's a lot of uh a lot of issues stemming from racism as as people that maybe not know um they just stopped street checks here like what i don't know like a few months ago so yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges that face kids like that you back in the day especially back in the day but there's still challenges that that kids and, and young people face here every day so for somebody that's you know lived it played ball like went down a different road you know and and did time and and is now using fitness to to better their their life their life and um and and make positive strides what would you tell somebody that's in the same position as you that you know might be given given somebody um that that cares about them that's asking them to do something different and that is scared to maybe go outside the norm of of what their friends want from them. You know what I mean? Does, it, does that For make sure. sense to you? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I would tell somebody like not, I try my best now. Like I always had a thing in my mind when I was inside, like if I got out, I want to always help people now. Like whether it's through fitness, I want to focus first and all focus on a lot of the use. Like you just said, like a lot of the people coming up, there wasn't a lot. Like when I was inside, there wasn't a lot of, whether it was positive or negative, there wasn't a lot of that uh, support in there, right? So I wasn't really getting that. I wish that when I would have went to jail, I would have got a lot more support from my friends. Like my friends would write letters and they would all say, hey, what's up? Keep your head up. But there was no advice in those letters. So that was one thing I noticed. There was no advice in those letters. So there was a few years ago where there was a couple of kids from Halifax that I didn't even know. But I knew that they were friends of or kids of. So I just wrote them letters like, look, this is what I've learned over my years. Mm -hmm. You don't know me. You don't know me, but you might have heard of me or you know my brothers. Here is a letter. And in the letter contained, you know, I've learned this along the way. I've learned that along the way. What I want you to do with the information that I'm passing you is take it in for yourself. But also, if you run into somebody in your life that you care about, that needs help getting out here, pass on the knowledge that I've learned and pass that mm-hmm. on to somebody else, pay it forward to somebody else. You don't even have to write me back. That's mm. not why I'm writing you the letter. It's to help you out and help somebody else out because I wish I would have received such a letter like, yo, this is the process. These are the things that they're not telling you that will help you sure. get out two days earlier, one day earlier, that one day closer to your family is worth a million dollars. So let's get out as fast as possible. So I started doing that. And I've done it, I did it a few times, at least seven, eight different times to just people that went in. That, that made me feel good. So now coming out, I want to do the same thing. So if fitness is what motivates a kid or what somebody's looking for, 
then yeah, I'll tell them, yo, let's get in the gym. Like, you know, try and do something. And I see so many people posting, like they want to get in the gym. They want to get in the gym. Like, yo, do that. If fitness isn't your thing, there's so many more things out there. When I was inside, I did Facts. the culinary, I did the culinary program. So I, yeah. um, I got my, I got my cooking, uh, I got my cooking certificate. I got my thing from doing culinary school. So maybe that's your thing. Pick up a hobby. The hobby doesn't right. necessarily need to be the gym, but the gym is a positive because it adds so much more to your life that you don't see today that you will mm. see the benefits when you're 45 years old, 55 years yep. old, 65 years old. Man, but yeah. there's well, so many more hobbies. That, yeah. There's so many there's so many more hobbies out there like some people why don't take up pottery, take up cooking, take up reading, take up writing, take up poetry. There's so much more out there. But just find yourself a positive hobby. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I always say, and everybody says it in the life we live, ball is life. Ball can be life, but ball can be life, and it can also have something else with it. You know what I yeah. mean? When you order your food, you don't just order the meat without getting the sides. Have your center, your piece nice of meat, one. your protein, but have something else to go with it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's one thing that I've learned along the way. Just have something else to go with it. Right? That's, that's a huge... Uh... I think a lot of kids need to, to really take that in because me growing up and, and going to play university basketball, I find a lot of kids that say come from a, say the square or the park that, you know, came from a more so the bottom in terms of what we talk about the top of the food chain, the bottom of the food chains, people, kids that came from there, once they get to university, like you're saying, it was almost as if like they made it, you know what I mean? But what you're saying is, you didn't, you're, you're there, you're there now, now, now go get your side, go get your degree, go, go mm-hmm. use ball and get something from it. Don't let ball use you and then throw you to the side. You know what I mean? And I, and it's, it's crazy because there's so many people that I've known that such great ball players that being great at balls is, is just means that you can be great at something else. It just means that you have to put your energy into that. And, mm-hmm. and what you're saying just resonates so much with me because there's so many there's so many people I went to school with or played ball with that they they allowed ball to use them and they they missed they they missed that that lesson that you're preaching right now that's saying go get yeah. what ball is giving you ball is handing you something you got to work a bit for it it's going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. be, because ball's first nature but it's right there it's right there to take right so there, like, there's so many, much more yeah so much more coming from ball. Right. Like like you talk about you get into university, you play basketball, you get into university, you get a degree. But then a lot, a lot of people don't see the other things that come with ball, you, you, the, the relationships, the travel, you get to see the world. Me looking back now that I'm not playing ball anymore, I look at at all the relationships that I met just through basketball. Like whether that be I still see some of the guys that I played with at the Y even though it's been 10, 10, 12 years since we played together, I'll walk down Halifax and see one of those guys and, and, and still have that connection. And that came through the sport of basketball, right? So I think I love the fact that you bring up that there's more than just your, like your protein. You, you can't get consumed by that. You got you to start, start developing be, the other sides too. You got to have a, yeah, you got to have a mixed mix plate. You can't just eat the same thing. Well, I mean, maybe some people can play ball their whole life, but that's that's rare, right? You, exactly. Most people aren't going to play ball their whole life. And um, I just, 
it really what you said there just made it makes a lot of sense because when you come from a certain level and and say say you start climbing the food chain and you get to that that next level right a lot of people just get complacent and 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 it's usually it's because i think it's because um similar to what you said earlier support and stuff if you're if you're reaching if you're climbing to places that people around you have never been mm-hmm. it's really hard for for people around you to tell you listen like you got to keep going like there's more to it like there's there's so many more levels to what you can do but if if no one's ever been to those levels it's it's hard to get good advice right you need people people around you which comes with again like what you're saying right now about teammates and stuff and and I'm sure you working at a gym or and and meeting new people you're 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 it's a little uncomfortable at times to meet new people whether it's through basketball or through fitness but once you start meeting people that you've never you know had you're too scared or you're too un- like awkward to meet and then once you start meeting them and then you you see them in the street or at the grocery store mm-hmm. it's it's like first nature like hey well like what's going on like or or, or, even, or yeah even meeting people and, that you weren't and, necessarily supposed and, to meet and you start you start networking and you talk a bit about your situation and you never know who who you meet can give you some right. of the best advice that you're going to, you're going to receive in a couple months or maybe your life, who knows. Right. And, and, uh, that's one thing about, about basketball and fitness that I love and, um, that I think is really important for youth and is to, is to not feel, um, closed into hanging out with only the people that you're, that you're comfortable with. Right. Like, learning to get a little bit uncomfortable and go, go meet people that you're not, you know what I mean? Like it's not normal. You or... didn't think you would me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I grew up in Churro, right. L- little white boy Churro. And then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> meeting all these, all these brothers from, from the square. And now I have a lot of like real strong relationships with them. Like without basketball, did I ever think like my path was going to like allow me to meet like, and, and see different stories. Right. It gives me different perspectives on life. Where people come from, and it just allows me to learn, like, just being on this this Skype call with you and, and getting to know a little bit about your story is giving me so much, right? And that's just the power in, in connecting and talking to people that you wouldn't normally think of. Well, it's funny that you guys bring that up, just about talking and getting to know people. Obviously, we already know what Halifax is. It's pretty much black and white, always yeah. has been, right? So I tell myself, or I actually can recognize that, had I not left Halifax, even for the reasons that I did, I mm. would never been able to make the group mm. that I made. I always, I always can recognize, I can always recognize that. Had I have just stayed in Halifax and went to prison, I would have went to Spring Hill and I would have been there with all my friends and I would have still been thinking, doing, acting the exact same way, just not on the street, but inside with everybody that I was comfortable with. Being in BC for 12 years by myself, I had to get uncomfortable and go and meet people. I have so many friends now that are brown, Punjabi, like that I would have never, ever, mm-hmm. ever in life spoken to a brown person. Come on. You know what I mean? I have friends that are native now. I would have never spoken to a native sure. guy before. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just different experiences now. And I would have, you know, I can be honest with anybody, I would have never given them a chance. If I was in Halifax, they mm. would have came and spoke to me. If I was in jail in Spring Hill, and they would have spoke to me, I would have looked at them like, you're not from the square. Like, why are you even cracking at me? Mm. Like, keep it moving. Like, that's just how life was. But 
being by myself, I had to, okay, get uncomfortable, go meet people and realize that, wow, you don't have to be from the square to be my friend. Like there's so many more people in the world. The world is bigger. I always say this to people. People are like, Chico, where did this thing come from? The world is bigger than the six blocks in the square or yeah. the seven streets in North Preston or yeah. the three blocks in, in the park or the five mm. streets in the pubs. Like the world is bigger than that. But when we grow up in this environment, we think, okay, the square has six streets. If you ain't in or from those yeah. six streets, like keep it moving. But yeah. now I know the world's bigger than that. I remember one time having a conversation or <laughs> Like I was on the phone with Easy one time and he was in a cab and he was driving with this cab driver that we knew since we were kids. And he was like, oh, hey, hey, tell Chico I say hi. And I was like, hey, tell him I say what's up. And then I was like, "Uh, can you ask him where's he from? Because I've been driving with this cab driver since we were 12, 13 years old. It was a guy we always called to come pick us up. And he told us, he's like, he told me the country he's from, he's from Iran. And I was like, can you ask him what language does he speak? Does he speak Farsi? And he said, I'll never forget it. Oh my God, tell Chico he went away and he's learning something. And when I heard, when I heard that, I was like, I've been driving with this guy for seven, eight years of my life, every single day, didn't have a clue what country he was from and had no clue what language he spoke. If I didn't come to BC, I still wouldn't know what country is mm. from or what yeah. language he spoke. You never learned that. I would have never learned that by sitting around people that are that are Persian. I learned, oh, that's the language they speak. Sitting around people who are from India, I learned that, oh, Excellent. that's the language they speak. Sitting around people from these different countries, I learned those are the languages they speak. You know what I mean? Like, yes, English is a language to them, but English is their second language. What language comes first? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's probably so many people out there that just see the brown person at the corner store and don't have a clue. And I, that was me. I didn't have a clue interact with you every single day going to the store but don't have a clue mm-hmm. you know what i mean that your life had brought you on a journey and english is your second language and i didn't realize that esl in school is english second language that's a class i didn't realize that mm-hmm. some of these people are coming to canada and english is their second language so they're extra smart because now they're here yeah. getting their education but having to learn it in a language that is not known to them and they still excel and go to post-secondary it's like wow the extra work that they must have to put in right so when you sit when you guys are talking about just meeting people it's like yeah like i've been out here on my own for so long and i've gotten friends that are going to be friends for life that don't look like me and i always thought every single one of my friends had to look like me i always had the thought that you must look like me to be my friend, right? And these are life experiences that jail has provided me, but life experiences that I wish that I can always keep, that life experiences that mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change these life experiences, although mm-hmm. I learned them in a different setting than you guys did. You guys learned them in Antigonish at X. I learned them in prison, but we all have life experiences now in mine. I can't trade them because... Had I not went through these life experiences, I wouldn't be who I am today. Exactly. The way I think, yeah. the way I think now, I know a hundred percent I would not think this way if I didn't leave Nova Scotia. If, nothing, if I yeah. if I stayed in Halifax, regardless if I went to university or not, I still would be living in the square, and I still would think, talk, and act as if yeah. I was from the square twenty four seven. And it's bigger than that. And I'm just I try and tell people that sometimes too, like yo, like. 
let's change the way we think, let's change the way we talk, let's change the way we act. Like there's yeah. more out there, right? And it's it's uh, I, I I saw something. Um, can't remember who shared it, but that's very similar. It's it's communication, being able to communicate with with people. Um, you know, whether it's it's uh, different languages, like you're saying, or even just slang, you know what I mean? Being able to understand little things a bit and, and communicate with, with people that don't maybe don't look like you or don't live in the same area as you is probably one of the biggest keys to life because it allows you to actually explain your thoughts and who you are to people rather than... Um, mm-hmm. It's not about you being fake or anything, you know what I mean? Whereas when I grew up, I found a lot of people were be like, man, he doesn't like, he doesn't talk like that with us. Like he's fake or something like that, where it's like, but in the long run, it's like, he's just learning how to talk to somebody else that might not think like him, look like him. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you just want to be, you can usually genuinely feel somebody's energy if, if you can actually communicate with them properly. Right. Whereas if you can't communicate with somebody and and they look at you like you got five heads, and you look at them like they got five heads. They're like it's not going to be a genuine. No, connection. it's like two yeah. two rocks hitting each other, right? But if you can if you can learn, you know somebody's dialect or the way people talk or the way people act, and then you can express your feelings as like a, if you're genuinely a good person. Usually things go over well, but people are always so. I find people. What holds a lot of people back is this idea that you have to be. Yeah, one one way your entire life without without being able to uh, like you're saying without being able to listen without being able to communicate to to people that aren't aren't maybe um, aren't looking like you aren't right in the same in the same spot necessarily but that for me like that's what I take away a lot from what you're saying is that um, now I feel like communication for you is much easier than it would have been years ago like and and that's crazy to it, the the amount of growth that you can receive mm-hmm. and 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 how high you can go because of that is is crazy um particularly you said you said if you never left nova scotia you would have stayed in this this mind frame that that my friends got to look like me and they got to be from where i'm from and if that's how a lot of people are thinking how how would you like, what's the best way to go about stressing the importance of someone that thinks like that? Like, you being in the position that you're in with the experiences that you have, what would you try to tell your old self in that old mindset the importance of how you think today? I got a good answer for that. And it would be traveling. I didn't understand the mm. benefit of traveling. I got a friend that has never left Nova Scotia. He's 30. <laughs> He's 30, 32 years old, 33 years old. He's never left Nova Scotia. So I would have to say travel. Like, I didn't understand the benefits of travel. Like, everybody in Halifax, and you come on, we all know those people. They go from Halifax to Toronto and back, and Halifax to Toronto <laughs> and back. Okay, so now you realize that the world's bigger than Uniac Square, but now you only took yourself on a two-hour plane ride. The world's mm. bigger than a two-hour plane ride, too. So... There's different cultures. There's different people out there. Get out, meet people, see people. And that's what I, the biggest thing I would tell myself is just go places, do mm-hmm. things. Yeah, but you don't know that then and you don't also always have the money then. But the that's one true. thing I would tell myself is is travel. There's so much 
And you always hear people say, oh, travel this, travel that. And I never understood it, but meeting all the people that I met and the places that they've come from and even sitting in jail with people, do you know all the places that these guys have gone to? They're sitting in the same place I'm sitting in. However, they've been to Greece. They've been to Europe. They've been to Australia. They've been to Mexico six times. They've been to Cuba, Dominican. Like I'm sitting there and they're talking, they're telling stories about, oh, when I was in Cuba, when I was in Dominican, going to grab photo albums, pictures of all these places. And they're diverse in all these different cultures. Whereas I'm the same age and been through the same struggles and I'm sitting in the same place, eating the food at the same table off the same tray. And the only thing I can say is I've been to Toronto. You know what I mean? And it's just sitting there. It's just like, well, fuck, come on. The world is a lot bigger. Like, let's expand ourselves. Let's see what's out there. You know, so that's what I would try and tell the kids. And, you know, I wish there was something for them. Like, let's take them someplace. Like, let's get them to do things. Like, ball gets you places, but ball's getting you to Ottawa. Ball's getting you to Montreal. Ball's getting you to Toronto. Ball's most likely getting you to New York. But all those places, once you're too old to play on that AAU team, are you going to get to travel again? How do we get you to a place where you can still travel once mm. you're too old to play AAU? Once you're too old to play university, do you still have those same desires to go places? Did you even have the desire to go places? Or did the coach just say, here we are, we got a tournament, yeah. this place this weekend, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. are you desired to go and meet new people? And are you desired to, to see change, right? So that's basically what I would try and tell my old self and tell the new younger mm. people growing up is like yo the world's bigger than halifax sure. i love halifax more than anything i try every day to get myself back there but the world is bigger than that and you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about communicating with other people because that's one thing that i have learned about myself too probably 2017 i did a lot of conversations with my aunt Sherry and a lot of other people around the community, a lot of my uncles and stuff in preparation for my hearing to get out. And I always got a lot of positive feedback from them. Like, yo Chico, the way that you're talking now, the way that you're talking now, it's like, that's who we know you as. That's the person you're supposed to be. Well, I'm glad you came to this point. Like the way that you think now, the way that you articulate yourself, the way that you communicate, that's so positive. Like that's, that's where you're supposed to be. And the fact that it took you a few years and you had to go through some unforeseen circumstances to get here. Hey, people are good. The Lord's good. You're going to get a second chance. Continue that. Don't allow, don't get stunted when you get out and think that you've reached your goal. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I tell myself too. I did reach my ultimate goal, but I still have to reach my goal every day when I get up and not, you know, revert back to a place that's going to allow me to go back to that place. Yeah. You just had a different path. Yeah. Just had a different path. Yeah. Not be complacent. Not being complacent. Every day, every day is a new game. You play whatever, sure. however long your season is. Every day you wake up with a, you know, you got to have that mind state like, okay, we're zero and zero. Whether or not we won last night yeah. and we're sitting in mm-hmm. first place. If you approach that game like, ah, yeah. it's just so and so. We beat them by 20 last time. You could easily come out and lay an egg and lose. So don't get that mindset like, oh, it's automatic. You wouldn't wake up every day, hit the ground running, put the same work in that you would put if you were going to be if you were a 10 point underdog as you are as a yeah. 10 point favorite and try and come out with the win so that's the same thing that i tell myself every day like chico mm-hmm. you've reached what your goal is but your goal is not ultimately there you haven't reached the top and as long as i keep pushing mm-hmm. my mountain 
I always nice have one. something to work for. You know what I yeah, mean? You, and, you could get real complacent being like, damn, like I'm free now. Like I just did my 12 years. Cool. Like what else do I got to do? Right. And well, you exactly. talk about that all the time, like getting to the top, like having the mindset atop the food chain. It's not about reaching the top or reaching a goal. It's it's this mentality of consistently improving each day. Well, once 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 you start climbing, people that I mean, truly, I want to ask you too. I'm going to ask you after, but in terms of me for like top of the food chain, like I mean, it's 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 a it's somewhat like easy to understand and in a basic, you know what I mean? Like even for you, I I'll ask you a couple of things. I'm going to ask you, I'll ask after after, but. Um, if you look at some of the people in the world right now, like, uh, let's say Bill, um, Bill Gates, right. In terms of economics and business, that guy's probably top of the food chain. He's, 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 uh, doing things, trying to change the world for the the better. He's, he's starting to put money towards, um, things that are going to help other people. And for me, that is what being at the top of the food chain is about, is that once you reach a certain level, you, you understand that there's no, you're not just there. Like you don't just stop. Once you get to mm-hmm. the top, you don't just stop and, and stop doing anything. You know what I mean? You, you start realizing that there's, you have a drive to always continually do something. And, and once you're at the top, I feel like the biggest thing to do is to help other people, which is for me, when I look at Chico, I see top of the food chain because I see somebody that's done things that a lot of other people can't say they've done. And have the the experience, the knowledge, the communication skills now to help other people mm-hmm. pick them up. And you don't get to, you don't try to go to the top of the food chain to just be there alone. You you want to be at the top so you can help the people around you, and 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 nice pick one, them yeah. up. You know what I mean? Reach down and, and take them up, because as as Chico knows, like if if you start at the bottom of the food chain, like even if you have good ideas, you have good intentions and shit like that people don't hear you it's 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 hard man you can't you you can scream as much as you want you can scream for help you can scream these these things out but until you start climbing and you start making moves and start doing things people are just going to kind of ignore you almost right even whether it's right or wrong that's just the way kind of nature and 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 society works whereas um when once you start climbing and you start getting that drive to be better in whatever it is, whether it's fitness, you know what I mean? Like you said, you start zero zero every day. So that means I feel like for me, I don't know about Chico or you, but for me, it's the same thing. Every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, I want to be better than I was yesterday in, mm-hmm. in, in the gym. And that is something for me that's always kind of pushed me towards just being better outside of the gym. You know what I mean? I don't want to be, sides, you don't yeah. want to be like, you don't want to meet somebody in the gym that's impressed with you. And they're like, Oh my God, like you, how have you, and then, and then they see you outside of the gym and you're just like, what are you? you like, right. You, know, you don't want to be one dimensional. Nothing. Yeah. It's kind of like, exactly. You got to be versatile in life. Versatility eliminates extinction. If you're only one way and, and if you can only do something and mm-hmm. eventually, you know what I mean? You're going to get pushed off to the side because you're going to need to have other skills. Like you saying, communication, being speaking different languages, being able to talk to different people. If you can't talk to other people, you're only going to, you're going to stay in your own box. If you can't travel, if you can't go anywhere, you're only going to stay in your own little zone, your comfort zone. Right. So, um, for me, like that's one of the biggest things about being at the top of the food chain is that, you know, like you look at RIP, you look at Kobe Bryant, 
um, somebody that at, in basketball considered top of the food chain. Now you see all the players that never said much about him. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming out being like, yo, he actually helped us all out so much. This guy was always looking out for us. His The female basketball player saying he was starting to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People like that. Even for me, even um, even Wade. Wade was somebody that, you know, in terms of literacy and, and intellectual smarts, like he just had a way of communicating with everybody, especially with me, like when he tried to, ex- he'd use analogies to explain certain things. He, he'd always help people that, that needed a little bit of extra push. You know what I mean? Whether it was a little tough love or whether he was, he, he could just had a, he's such a good natural way of, of understanding situations, but he was always helping people. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing about the food chain for me mm-hmm. is that when you try to like, when you're trying to go up, you're trying to better yourself, but you're also trying to eventually help people along mm-hmm. the way. And um, so what that's kind of leading into me is like, obviously there's a couple, like there's, there's food chains everywhere, right? Like I'm sure there's a food chain in prison. I like, I don't know much about that, but I'm sure there has to be, you know what I mean? There's just, there's a certain hierarchical system that probably the way it works. I, I don't know if every prison is different. And then in life, there's there's a food chain too, right? And same thing with basketball. There's you know what I mean? When you're on the court, you know who who top of the food chain is when they walk in the gym. You know, when Barry used to walk in the gym in high school, Tyler, the the, the players knew they're like, shit, like he's here, like we gotta play against him. You know what I mean? When the CEO walks in the boardroom, everybody knows mm-hmm. that's t- he's at the top of the food chain, right? So my thing, I'm gonna ask you like what top of the food chain means to you, what how it relates to to your life now how it related to your life in prison and how it related to your life growing up um in in the square if you, like little right, short so, like so so i'll start from from the youth so growing up top of the food chain in the square would be you know the guy who has who's securing the biggest bag you know so Mm. who's got the most money but also the guy who's ready to put in the most work so the guy who has that status that respect that when you walk into a room as you said as the ceo when he walks into the room the guys are like oh my god like let's be on our best behavior Mm. i don't want to put my life on the line you know what i mean like there's sometimes there's people who are willing to put in work and guys are like, oh, okay, I'll go outside and fight that guy because at the end of the day, the most thing I'm going to get is a black eye or a bloody nose. Or there's that guy, oh, I better keep my mouth shut because I don't want my mom to possibly have to play at my funeral because he's actually about taking it to the next level. Like there's levels to this shit. Some people will fight you. Some people will shoot you. The guys at the top of the food chain in that environment are the ones that will shoot you because they're the ones who are willing to put the most on the line. Normally the guy that's willing to put the most on the line is at the top of the food chain, you know what I mean? Mm. Leading the league in scoring, the guy that gets the ball and takes the last Mm -hmm. shot, the guy that's willing to put it all on the line, like willing to live with missing the last shot, and everybody asks him the questions like, how did you feel at the last shot? Or Mm. willing to make the last shot and have 20,000 people stand up and scream, or 2,000 people run on the court at a high school game, or... Yeah. 200 people run on the court at the Y because you just won provincial. So, yeah. you know, the top of the food chain mm-hmm. for that situation would look like that, you know, to me. And in, in prison, I now have a different understanding what the top of the food chain would look like inside. I would say the top of the food chain would be the guy that also has the most dope, the guy that you can come to 
send a runner or send a kid to go and ask that guy, yo, can I get a cigarette? Can I get a joint? I have money. That's the guy that's always in the mix that the guys are looking for. Is, we're just to go. That the I don't CEOs know. are looking for. They'll probably come back. And, and uh, so that I would say that would be the guy at the top of the food chain. They're the one that's always getting himself in a bunch of problems. But now I realize the guy at the top of the food chain inside should be the guy that has his head on straight. The guy that has his books in the cell, the one that's taking notes, the one that's preparing himself for life after prison, you know, the one mm. that's not just thinking about staying inside, like guys that are actively working on release, guys that are actively working on bettering themselves, following what they call inside as your correctional plan. In order yeah. to be released, you must complete your correctional plan. So guys who are actively focused on completing their correctional plan there's some guys who are just like ah screw it like f the system i don't care about anything fcsc yeah you know but then there's other guys who are like yo i want to get out what is it that i have to do to get out and those are the guys that we should be admiring because they realize that they've done something wrong they're also taking accountability for what they did wrong and they are looking to change or looking to grow and they're putting their hand out and reaching and asking for help. Sometimes they get to the top of the food chain. The person might already be there. You might have to stretch your hand out and say, yo, can you yank me up a little bit with you? Like yeah. I'm here. I'm a little bit tired. I just got a few steps left. Just help me. As long as I get there, yeah. that's as long as I get there, you know, as long as I reach it to this food chain, like with help you can still get to the top of the food chain with help you don't have to get there alone you know what i Sam, mean leave, so leave your ego a bit and 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 ask for help is a good thing sometimes oh that was my that was my biggest biggest downfall from a kid going and going inside for many years like yo my ego is just too big like yo who are you hmm. talking to i can get here <laughs> alone like keep that to yourself like i'm doing me i can do it like i don't need any help and then I got a PO one time and she was just so helpful. The first time we had a conversation, I walked out of her office. I was just like, then I realized she has nothing but good intentions. Everybody in the jail hated her. And then I got to thinking, so if everybody hates her, why does everybody hate her? And then I got to thinking, and as I did that, our relationship bloomed. And over a four-year process, she ended up getting me to do something in four years that takes most guys probably six to ten years because Jeez. eventually I started seeing okay this is the route that she's taken and you know without saying you know too much to her in my mind I was just like okay she's treating me a lot how my mother treated me me and my mom used to always bang heads because we were so much alike and the way that she talked to me I never ever liked it but this lady was doing the same thing and I realized that my mom always says this. And I know she says it, but I know more other coaches say it. If the coach is on you like that, it's because mm -hmm. they care. They're yeah. on you because they see something in you. If your teacher yeah. in school's on you in elementary, they're on you because they see something in you. They're not yeah. on the other kids because they know, okay, whatever. But if they're on you, the they cause, see something. Yeah. So it always, it, it, it hurt my head that she was always on me like that. Then I sat back one day and I'm like, my mom says this to the little girls that she's coaching in basketball. She always used to say it to me about the teachers in school. Now I got this lady. She's on me, on me, on me. Like, leave me alone, lady. But <laughs> all she's doing is basically saying, I see this young 20-something-year-old man full of potential. Mm. Got his best days in front of him. He's got a head on his shoulder. He just needs to leave his ego at the door, screw his friends, and just put himself first. And once I realized that, wow, all she's trying to do is basically tell me something that 
my mother, my Uncle Wade, my Asher, my Uncle Craig, my Uncle Mark, my grandmother, people have been trying to tell me since I was 14 years old, starting to do stupid shit. She's telling me the exact same thing and she don't know me. Mm. Maybe somebody besides me is right. I'm not always the smartest person in the room. <laughs> when te- 10 people don't tell the same lies, another thing I always heard. So these people are all, she doesn't know my mom. She doesn't know Asher. She don't know Uncle Wade, but yet she's telling me the exact same thing. And then I started following her. And she dragged me to the top of the food chain, right? So, you know, that was that was amazing. And, and you so see that out. all the time in ball. You see that all the time in the ball when, like, the best players, especially going to university from high school, being the best in your high school team, and then all of a sudden you're not getting any time on in the university. Guys are just, like, they're expecting so much, and they're they're unable to put their ego aside and just put in the work that's required, you know? Yeah, 100%. I, I had a question based on what you said. So when when you say everybody, you know, detested her, a lot of people couldn't didn't like her or couldn't stand her, and you started giving her more time and and energy. Did you find that anybody around you started treating you differently, or or um, right. do you know what I mean? Because I find what you're saying is to me is is similar to maybe a kid growing up that, especially around Halifax, say that starts going to hang out with somebody else that nobody really knows or doesn't like because they don't know them. And so their friends start telling them, why are you hanging with, for me, it was, it, it, I, it was, it was, I saw it a lot because I grew up half my life. I grew up down on Creighton street. So I, I knew people and from basketball and then half my life, I grew up in the South end. So I knew a lot of, uh, I knew a lot of different, either black or white kids or rich or poor. So I always saw from, from one, I got, saw the same thing from both sides where I'd see, you know, T-Bear going to hang out with kids in the South End and, and him him telling me some of his friends didn't like that because they don't want him to go hang out with those kids. Whereas mm-hmm. I go and then and then the South End kids don't want to go hang out in the North End or go to parties in the North End because they're this prejudice that something might happen yeah. or worried. It's you're getting the same reaction from both sides, right? And both sides usually are the ones blaming each other where I'm like, for me, it's like everybody is very similar. It's just everybody's really uncomfortable and awkward to get past what you said. You got to put, you, you said, word for word, I started talking to her, I realized I had to put myself forward. I had to focus on me and stop worrying about the other, other people, people and their me, thoughts, yeah. right? And because you're saying, well, everybody hated her. It could have been so easy for you to just be like, well, I'm going to follow the crowd right. and not like her too. But you didn't. And and I find that, that holds a lot of kids back, especially around, especially in Halifax, especially in places that might be segregated or, you know what I mean? Where it's like one kid is, is trying to step outside their comfort box because they might see something in somebody else and they might go there. And then some of their friends are, are looking at them funny. Oh, you're different. Are you mm-hmm. you're changing up on us? Mm-hmm. It's funny because inside it's like that a lot because what it comes down to is you have the two sides, basically the north end and the south end, but you have that inside with you have the guys that want to get out and you have the guys that are okay with being there. They're not happy they're there. They're just complacent in their situation. So you have that with, like when I got talking to this PO and we ended up becoming you know, developing a working relationship. Yeah, there were a lot of guys who were looking at me a little bit differently. But then my true friends were the ones that realized, okay, Chico's just trying to get out. And why would I want him to sit here with me when he has a family out there that's waiting for him? Like, yo, if we can pull 
push him up. Let's try and get him out. And it comes it comes a sense where you have to pick your friends wisely inside because everybody doesn't know each other. So it's a community of 500 or 600 people coming from all across the country, being put into one environment, being told to live together, but nobody knows each other. And it's on you to pick out the people that you want to hang around with. So you have 600 people to choose from. And how do you choose a circle of five, six, seven people that you're going to call your Mm -hmm. immediate friends that you're going to have to live with for some people for two years. Some people are there for the rest of their life. So how do you choose that intimate circle that you want to be around? Right. And choosing that is more than half the battle because you have the people Mm. that want to sell dope that are going to get you in trouble and get you shipping just because you're friends with them. You have the guys who are big eagles that are going to go get in a fight. And now because you're their friend, you must fight too, because that's just how prison works. You have to have somebody's back because they're going to have your back. And then now you're in a problem and you have to do things that you ultimately don't want to do, but you have to do for survival and to make sure that you live to see another day as well. Right. So choosing your friends wisely. And I remember choosing some friends and them having my best interests at heart when I sat down and told them, And this is how I realized that men can be actually be men and have full grown man conversations. When we sat down and we used to sit back every night and talk and we would cook and we'd have the game going on on the big TV and we'd be there chilling. We'd be playing our music and, you know, we would do that. We would joke around all the time. But then something would happen and something would happen to someone's life or every year or two years you get these reports that they write on you and we would have serious conversations as a group and get try and get people's feedback on these reports what do you think how'd your report go who wrote yours mm-hmm. this is who wrote mine mm-hmm. and we would ultimately have these serious conversations and if, when i got the group that i had we would talk and guys would be like yo like i want to get out and you know you have friends when you got guys that are like i want you to get out but they're not they're being genuine and they're like, yo, yeah. what can I do to help you get out? All right. Yeah. Look, bro. And this is real friendship. Like I'm still smoking. I just copped a little bit of dope. I'm going to be selling it. Yo, don't come around me all the time. Like let's see each other when we work out, we can eat together. But yo, yeah. if you want to get out, just avoid me. And a real man, a real friend will do that. But mm. then you'll have some friends in some circles where it's like, they'll come around them and they won't say it's like, you getting in somebody's car and them not yeah. telling you that they have a gun in there sure. and you making the choice and that. you making the decision whether or not you want to get in the car. Let, allow me to make the decision. If I still want to take that chance to drive with you from point A to point B, well, at least you let me know that that's in there instead yeah. of being put in a situation where now it's like, wow, come on, bro. Why couldn't you tell me that? So we had a lot of conversations and I had a couple of other friends who we're in the same mindset. There was about three of us that were in the same mindset of wanting to get out. And there were three or four of them that weren't at the point in their sentence where they had the opportunity to get out, but they were still thinking it. So we, they were like, look, I'm not all the way there yet. So I'm still walking the fence. I'm going to be getting a little bit of shit. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm still going to support you guys and trying to get out. And ultimately we were able to, mm-hmm. the few of us that were in that mindset, able to as a unit always talk about okay this is what we're thinking this is what my po say this is what your po say it and as a group the three of us that were that that got in that mind state we got ourselves out of there and right. we didn't do it alone and we yeah. used to we we had a group but the other people that were in the group as well played a role in it because they were also supportive 
and not, didn't turn our backs on us. And that that's a major thing because you don't want to lose friends that you've developed relationships with for seven years, eight years, no. because you decide you want to get out. Ultimately, we have a saying in there, freedom is a must. If freedom is a must, support me that I'm at the point where I realize I want to get out. Like, you guys know that ultimately everybody wants to get to their family. If I can spend one less day in here with you and one more day with my family, isn't that what we ultimately want? That's what yeah. we preach. We preached that eight years ago when we were just starting. Now I'm at the point where I can get out. Are we still preaching that exact same thing? If we are, let's show it. Let's be about it. And mm. that's that's what we, that's where we got to. That's how I know that those guys are actually friends because it's easy to say it when it's like when something's ten years away. It's easy to say, oh, bro. Yeah, man, I hope you get out. Yeah. I hope you get out. Well, now that time is here. That time yeah. is today. Or do you still feel the same way? Are you going mm-hmm. to try and sink me? Does, or do you still want to keep me here? Are you going to sabotage me so I'm still here with you? Because that's does, does that major. And, oh, my God. That happened Stop. so much. When I, was get, when I was getting old, wow. I, never told, I never told anybody. I told two or three of my closest people. And I'm like, yo, don't tell anybody. When I was going, this is how. I got mm. a, like I went from medium to minimum, which is the hardest part. It's harder to get from medium to minimum than it is to get from minimum to the street. And I remember going and I left on a I left on a Wednesday and we played basketball every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday there. It was sort of like night hoops. And uh I remember uh the guys saying to guys going and being like, Go down to unit six and grab Chico and guys are like, Chico's not here anymore. They're like, What? Yeah, Chico's gone. Like, he left. What? He didn't say anything? Yo, I didn't want to get sore. And I wrote a couple letters afterwards. Like, yo, it's no disrespect to you. You're mm-hmm. my friend. But you weren't in my immediate circle. Like, I felt comfortable telling you. But how do I know that at supper? You're not going to be like, yo, you know, Chico's leaving on Wednesday. Then them, have some, then them have somebody that's against me. And, like, no, man, it's no disrespect to you. It's just more respect to my family. It's better that I show them the ultimate respect. Rather than you, because they're the ones who are out here putting the time in, waiting for me being supportive. So I got to, you know, show them that I got their back to it. Yeah, I can't tell you. I'm gone, though. Hopefully you're happy for me. (laughs) Man, I feel like it's crazy, though, because I feel like that's actually similar again to, to like what you're saying is like. It's for me, kids growing up and I I feel like it's more it's more. it, it more it relates more to people that start at a at a at a lower level on the on the on the food chain in parentis or whatever but you got to pick like you say you got to pick your friends wisely you got to your friends have to have the best interest for you yeah which is which like you said is it's it's hard right it's it's really difficult to to figure out it's like you said people can always say something so easily right and and I say that because I find a lot of, a lot, for me, I see so many talented kids or youth around Halifax that grow up with people and they develop friendships. But once they start reaching ages where they start maybe trying to trying things new that their f- group of friends don't want to try, they might, like you, like you're saying, they might, you know, what what are you Try gonna to do if you back, get? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like you start hanging with people that are gonna be getting in fights all the time, but you're trying to go, you're trying mm-hmm. to go play basketball in university and get a university degree. Are you gonna keep hanging out with the same guys that keep getting in fights, or you know what I mean? Have a beef with somebody across town or something like that? Like these are big, those are big decisions for a kid to make, and and 
you're, you know what I mean? It's, it's not easy. So I think hearing it from you saying like, listen, I, you know what I mean? Like, these are things that I had to do, you know, I had to, to send a letter first, after, yeah. I had to send a letter afterwards telling the person, listen, I, I like you a lot, but like, I just had to make sure things were, you know what I mean? I think, 100%, kids, I think kids struggle a lot and hearing you say that, like, I think yeah, kids, if there's a lot of, if kids are listening to this, you got to listen you got to put yourself and, and what you want to do first. You can't worry everything about, you know, if your friends are going down a different path, if they're your, if they're the true friends, mm-hmm. they'll understand you and support you no matter what. If they start, I, if they start getting at you because you're doing things that make them uncomfortable, that then it starts being like kind of a question mark. It's like, okay, bro, like, are you like, do you want to see me do well? Or what do you want? You want me to just be by your side no matter what? Like if you go down a bad path, you're just going to drag me with you. Exactly. Cause I, cause I struggled with that too. And it's crazy because when I was inside, the biggest thing that they always told me, they're like, Chico, if it was up to me right now, I'd let you out. And this is well before my dates and stuff. Right. So I'd be like, well, why? They're like, well, and all my reports are like, we, we know you're smart enough. We know you're capable enough. We know you can do it. But there's just the other little intangibles that we're not too sure of. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, Chico, your loyalty. Like, you always speak of being loyal to your friends. And I'm like, yeah, I'm loyal to my soil, loyal to my friends. And they're like, yes. But can I help you with your loyalty? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, take this in, and one day you'll realize it. Actually, that lady that I was talking to you about, first of all, she said to me, Chico, one day day you'll wake up, and you'll realize you don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like. I don't really understand what that means because I still have to be here for another eight years, <laughs> yeah. but okay. So she said that to me one day and I was like, whatever, you know what I mean? And then she also said this to me, she's like, Chico, take this in. You can still be loyal, but there's different types of loyalty. So she's like, you can still have your friends in life and never not be a loyal person, but there's difference with being loyal and going to grab a knife and a gun and do something to somebody because somebody said something to one of your friends. That's loyalty, what you would think growing up as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you guys define as loyalty. But you go, there's different types of loyalty. You can be loyal to your friend by, if he needs $50 for gas money, giving it to him. If he needs help on a Saturday moving yeah. his house, he just bought a new house, he needs help moving and he doesn't wanna pay movers but you volunteer to go help him move. If he needs in a pinch you to watch his son or daughter because mm. something just happened and you say, okay, yo bro, come drop your kid off. If he needs his wife needs you to go pick her up from work because he's stuck in traffic or there's different types of ways. She said, Chico, there's so many ways that you can be loyal to your friends that they should understand that you're being loyal. It doesn't necessarily violence doesn't define loyalty. You know mm. what I mean? There's more yeah. ways that define loyalty and, you know, I took that in a lot too. Like that was a, that, that stuck with me. Like I, I, I thought about that a lot and I was just like, you know what, the more and more I think like that, it's like, okay, you want me to, if something happens in here, you want me to defend you and help you out where, okay, today we won. Today we won the war. We stabbed the guy. We did something. We feel good today, but that's just the immediate gratification in five days right. and seven days. Do you think people are mm. going to remember that we did that? Do you think people are still going to be talking about that? We're today's news in five or seven days when we're getting shipped to a different place. And now we are three years away 
from being back to the point where we were when we were eight years away from seeing our family. Mm-hmm. So now instead of yeah. being eight years away, now we're 11 to 12 years away. Now we just add it for no reason because we had mm-hmm. our eagles in the way and we wanted yeah. to be loyal to each other. We just add it and we just took a thousand days away from seeing our family. Why? Because we wanted to step up and, and do something that's like, yo, if you don't want to put yourself first, which you should put your family first. They're the ones yeah, who take yeah, your yeah. calls. They're the ones yeah. who they're the ones who got you. They're the ones who send you your cards on your birthday or all your friends. You might have two or three, and those are your friends that send you your cards on your birthday, that send you a Christmas card, that mm. write you a letter, but then you want me to come here and ultimately be so super loyal to you and forget that my family got me. It's like, no. Right. And once yeah. I got to that point, once I got to that point and realized, like, yo, family over everything, or my family's got me, it's like, that's when the switch goes off. Just like, all right, like, we can do this. Man, that's yeah. That's that's powerful. That's because that's the, like you said. A lot of it's it's not an easy decision, too, right? Especially no. especially in that environment. Especially like what you say, like when you're trying to survive, when you're trying to. That's yeah, not e- that those aren't front. easy yeah. decisions to make. Or or oh, no. or or conclusions to come to for yourself. Oh no, it was met. It was met with a lot of you know from the from the bigger crowd from my immediate friends, they understood, you know, yeah. the small five or six or seven, yeah. but then we, then there's that other 30 that you hang with, that you play ball with all the time that yeah. if mm-hmm. your friends don't come to the gym, they're still down to the gym and you lift weights and you guys talk for an hour while you're there. Or there's those guys that you still are cool with that. If you see them out walking laps that you might go walk laps with them and have a you mm-hmm. know a couple of conversations with. So there's still those people that you're cool with. And those are the people that are cool with you or to your face that are super cool with you, but don't yeah. understand the bigger picture that you see something bigger yeah. than behind these walls, that you see something bigger, that you mm. have a better plan for yourself. You know what I mean? That, you know, there's the, what motivates you, you know what I yeah. mean? And I had a couple of things that, that really motivated me. Like I wanted to, I wanted to see my grandmother again alive. Like I didn't know if I was going to, like she was getting old and me and her are super close. We have a really good relationship. I wanted to see her alive like that. When I got that in my mind and she got the, you know, she got really sick. It's like, yo, I want to see her. Like, yeah, I'll still get to go to the funeral, but do I want to go to her funeral now in handcuffs or do I want to at least get to see her? And if something unforeseen does happen and I go to the funeral, at least I'm, I'm, I'm free to go and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So these things that's like, you know, you don't have to always let everybody into your thoughts, but it's like, no. yo, like I got my own motivations and I want out, like, you know, support me or not. Right. So yeah. um, at the end of the day, even will just talking about like the mentality of the food chain, you always need to put yourself first, even if, even if top of the food chain mentality means getting to the top and helping those below you, you can't help anyone else until you help yourself. Exactly. Right? Like you you can't help anyone else until you you put yourself at the top, and then bring people up, bring other people with you. So. Well, it, it's not it's not it's not so easy. It's not so easy to do. You know what I mean? No. Because no, at times not. you think or people think that you're being selfish. Oh, yep. you're being selfish. No, mm-hmm. but at the time when you're not mature enough to know that, you kind of think like, are they right? Then you realize, like, yeah. no, you're not being selfish if you don't put yourself first. If you're not at the top of the food chain, you're not mm. being selfish. You're being selfish when you put someone else first because nice. this is your life. It's your life to live. Like, 
how am I being selfish that I'm putting me first <laughs> yeah. in my own life? Like, yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense when people yeah. say it, but those are the people that are just trying to manipulate you. That's trying to make you think the way they think. And it's right. like, all right, well, cool. But um, I guess we can't be friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to go back to um, the food chain, like the hierarchical yeah. system. Now, now for me in life, I don't necessarily think you have to be a millionaire or, you know, that to be at the top of the food chain. For me, being at the top of the food chain is just growing consistently, like consistently moving up in life. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I think that based on, I, I like to get your idea of this, but your, your, um, your thoughts. I always talk to Tristan about, for me, a lot of my, a lot of my, uh, life is, is fitness, right. And, and sports and, um, people ask me about, um, supplements and steroids and stuff. And I tell Tristan, I talk to Tristan about steroids and, and that kind of stuff. And I, I tie it to drugs in a sense where like how you said, the guy with the most money, the biggest bag, the, the guy that's ready to do anything is usually at the top of the food chain. Whereas like you look on Instagram these days, the, the perception of top of the food chain is like just that D's like the guy on whatever. And he looks, he looks like top of the food chain. Right. But where I tie both in is that both, both ways it's, you can get to the top of the food chain in terms of, you know, financially quick or, or, or power. But I always say it's easy. It's much easier to fall off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You like, you know what I mean? Like in the drug game, you get to the top, but it's 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 easy to fall. Like you're most likely at some point going to be in a situation where you're in jail or somebody's coming for you, mm-hmm. right? So for you, like, what do you think about kids that like? What would you tell kids that are I'm at the top of the food chain because I'm getting that bag, whether it's illegal or not? Are they are they going to be at the top forever? Is it, right. You know what I mean? How, how you, important is sustaining same, it? Same thing. And I, I, I said steroids and stuff with pro, pro sports because I always find, for me, watching watching sports over time, I always found like a lot of the athletes that took uh, legal substances always end up with injuries and shit like that. And so you're, you're at the top, but then you're falling off. It's the same. For me, that's kind of the analogy I use where it's in, in sports like or, or drugs or whatever. You, you get to the top, you get that money. But then, boom, arrest or or the, the competition or somebody gets jealous and comes for you. You know what I mean? Where it's like, or even in rap, if you try to cheat, if you try to cheat your way to the top, yeah, without without taking the the appropriate steps, and uh, it you you can fall off and you can fall hard, right? And and for me, like, obviously, I understand if you're coming from the bottom, you you sometimes the easiest route. You want is, it bad, yeah. You just all, yeah. you'll do whatever it takes to get up there. So what, like what, what I'm asking is, is what would you tell somebody that's trying to take an easy way to, to get, to, to, to climb, like to, to just, you know what I mean? To short-term yeah, gratification. No, so like yeah. like you said. The I said that before the short-term world, but I would, what I would tell somebody that, you know, the kids that are listening that are like, well, look at you guys just talking and. You know, saying things about the drug game and this and that. And, you know, they're probably thinking, I'm not being a hypocrite because I did exactly what you're doing and I was there. And, you know, it's like that when your mother say, well, I was a teenager before you were. Like, if kids are watching, they're like, oh, well, this guy. No, I can't be a hypocrite because I did what I did when I was your age. I served my consequences. I did my time. Like, 
I'm speaking from a place of experience. And what I would tell a kid that's that's like that is, you know, pretty much, obviously, you're going to make the decisions you're going to make. I'm not going to stop you from making the decisions. Your mother's not going to stop you. You believe you're man enough to make the decisions. Well, be man enough to live with the consequences. Know that if you're going to do this, like you said, you will fall off. It's not like you're working a job where every two weeks, no matter if the if the job was slow or the week was slow, you're still getting your paychecks coming in. You know mm. what I mean? So when you're out in the streets, you might have a slow week. You might have a slow two weeks, but prepared, be prepared to live with that. Or you might have, you know, somebody rat on you. You might have the unforeseen. You might sell to a cop. You might get in a situation where you go to jail. But remember that being living that life, don't cheat that life you know what i mean and by cheating that life i mean like if you're man enough to do the crime be man enough to do the time do not try and get yourself out of the situation you were man enough to do it now you're going to try and take all your friends down take this mm-hmm. one down like no just you live your life you make your decisions be man enough to live with it and that's my problem with that i call that cheat this system because it's like okay you were mad enough to make the decision and then you were mad enough to do it and it was all fun and games while it was happening and then Mm. something happens to you and now you want to bring everybody down with you it's like why do you want to bring everybody else down from the top and and bring them down to you it's like okay you you made a mistake now you're it's up to you to go and see if you can change yourself and maybe come back with a different outlook on life you know like it's pretty much like you get in these situations and it's like you know, it's like in a basketball game, it's like, you know, the end of the game comes and you're the man. It's like, are you going to the coach and saying, yo, I need a blow. I need a blow. I need a quick breather. It's like, no, you're staying on the court because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to be the guy in those clutch situations that's supposed yeah. to deal with it. So if you're going to run away from every clutch situation, you can never reach the top anyways. You know what I mean? Right. You can't yeah. you can't be LeBron James if you're not with seven seconds left with the ball. You can't be at the top of the drug game if when something happens, you want to take your whole crew down with you. So mm-hmm. what I would tell people is just basically own your shit. Just own it. Whatever it is that you're going to do, just own it. And, and if you want to be that responsible kid and you want to be the kid that's going to go and get the job, live that truth and just be yourself just be yourself Mm. if you're not really into the drug game and you see your friends are doing it it's like yo and you're you know oh bro i got a thousand bucks and you're like yeah but i got 360 i worked hard for my money and i'm i know i'm going to have that 360 next week can you be sure you're going to be here with that thousand next week can you be sure you're going to be standing next to me well, no, I can't be sure I'm going to be here. But while I'm here, I have a thousand, and you have three hundred. But yeah, right. when you're in jail, my three hundred is three ten times a thousand times more valuable than that thousand you have today. Today you have more, but tomorrow will you have more? Because that money mm. don't last forever. You have to you have to know you can't take it with you, and that if something happens, that it's not going with you either. That it's going to be you at the end of the day by yourself in that cell and you just have to be able to live with whatever comes with the consequences. Right. So, yeah, I, I like the, uh, the sports analogy because it's when you get in those clutch situations or when you, when you face some sort of adversity, it forces you to fall on, fall onto the, uh, the preparation you put in to get to where you are. And I think a lot of times people fall off because, if you didn't put in the work to get yourself there, you're going to fall off into nothing, right? It's the ones that are on top, like LeBron, they can they can live with the consequence of missing that last shot or they can put themselves in the, the clutch situation because they put in the work. 
I totally right? no, agree. No matter what, when you get when you yeah. get hit with some adversity, you're gonna fall onto the preparation well, yeah. and what got you there in the first place. So it's up to you. You can fake it. You 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 know you can you can play the game. You can hustle. You can you can act like you're at the top. But what happens when you when you face when you face some sort of adversity or you hit a wall? What what do you have to fall back onto? And I think it's important to ask yourself that question. What what do you want to fall back onto, right? So that's what it comes down to is preparation, putting in the work. That's you know, a, for that's sure. A, like it's it, I agree point. with you. The the work that you put in, like if you miss that shot, you're like, okay, you can you you feel confident enough saying, well. I've taken that shot a thousand times and I've made it 824. Mm. So if I miss that one, I'm fine with that. You give me that shot another thousand times and I'm going to make it 82% of them. So I'm okay with missing that shot. So the work that you put in allows you to be not okay with the end result, but satisfied knowing that if you put in that same situation again, that you will succeed. So, you know, you open, you open doors for yourself by Mm. having that confidence. Right. So, that's yeah that's to i tie it into the gym saying like that's like maybe not a a game ending shot but it's like getting uh doing something that you've never done before like working up to to getting a a pb in something whether it's a squat or a bunch of pull-ups in a row and then you know another day you go for a pb and you, you don't hit it or you're expecting to do something big and you don't you don't get it but you already know that you've accomplished it once or twice mm-hmm. so you're just like okay like today i took an l next week i'm gonna I'm get back in there and i know i'm gonna i know i have the capacity to do what i want to mm-hmm. do it might just take a little bit longer you know what i mean which is which is why i find fitness and 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 gym and sports important in in life because it teaches you those lessons what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now you know what i mean whereas like i mean look fuck chico you're the stuff, the the changes from your your physical uh, your fitness journey are crazy already from just from what I see online. You know what I mean? I'm not even in person to to, to even witness. Like that's just those. I feel like those feelings alone are so powerful to to moving forward um, in in people's lives, where uh, people that maybe don't take fitness or or the gym as serious might be missing. Um, missing those those feelings of, of accomplished self accomplishment and, mm-hmm. and and you know powerful uh, powerful uh, confident feelings of, of overcoming a, a stress or something that was challenging you know what I mean um, which kind of leads me to in 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 prison did you find uh, what what would happen if there was no weight like you couldn't do weights and you couldn't play ball do you think people would just go like like is that a big oh. part of kind of keeping like guys just like Mm-hmm. Same. Like in a in a in a decent mindset. Not to say that everybody's in an always good mindset, but like if you know what I mean, if there was no fitness in jail, like what what do you think would? Oh, the vi- the vi- the violence would go the violence would go way <laughs> up for sure. Like a hundred percent. Like in the max, regardless maximum security. Like there's always so much violence. Yeah. However, guys work out so much there. Like you can't leave your cell, but. The cell, the cell training, the the, the calisthenics, like yeah. that stuff, that stuff is so crazy. Like that's basically what I started on, just pull ups, push ups, and dips, and I still love it to this day. Like don't yeah. get me wrong, the weights are good, but yeah. the amount of push ups, pull ups, and dips I do, like it just basically 
like pretty much between like most sets when I go to the gym, I'll just do a set of 10 pull-ups. Like I just, that's your foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Pull-ups are just so good. But yeah, like if there was no fitness, man, like it would be crazy. Like guys, guys live for the gym. Like it's the one time of the day when guys just have food and the gym are two things that guys, guys live for. There's two things that you can always look forward to, whether or not it is you have a dollar in your, on your phone to call somebody and say hi mm. or not you always have food and you always have the gym those are two things that really keep people motivated really keep people pushing forward really keep people mm-hmm. like striving to be better it's the fact that they know they got their 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 food that's provided to them and they got the gym that's provided to them and it keeps them you know keeps them pretty mellow keeps them pretty calm and when you take that away you see the tension rise like you see what oh yeah when the gym's closed or like stuff like that like you can see that people are people are super tense and it's just it's it's not it's not good right the staff don't like it because then they have to be on their guard a lot they have to deal with it right yeah i think that ties into to life in general maybe not like in terms of uh necessarily violence but stress i think the violence comes with the environment that what you're talking about whereas in like life and just mm-hmm. like normal society like out here is that no gym more stress more frustration sure. more anger more you know more i would say dr- drugs and, and alcohol i would say drugs, a lot sure. too. going uh especially especially drugs and alcohol and that's Man, that's a it's a different that's a, once you start getting going down that path, that's a different that's a that's a whole different beast. You know what I mean? Which is uh that's I'm interested. It's nice it's nice to hear that that really does make a difference for people in, in there to to kind of mellow like you said mellow keep things kind of uh, in an equilibrium or you know what I mean down a, a steady line for for the most part. The, the, the thing I like be. about fitness so much is just within this one phone call that we've had already, we've talked from everything from travel to friends to basketball, sports, jail, drugs, everything. It's amazing to me how much fitness relates to all of that stuff and allows us to even have a conversation about this wide range because at the end of the day, fitness is going to relate to life so well because it 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 teaches you different different lessons. What what I always like to think of is my I had an AU coach that Malik Jaden and I played with in Ottawa. He goes, he says, man, you walk into a gym, the, the 45 pound is always going to be the 45 pound. Like you can't cheat the gym, you can't cheat those weights. Facts. Right, and and the fact that you need to go in there and and those would like. The weights that doesn't care about what's going on with your life or, or your stress or your homework or your health, the weights are always going to be the weights. And I think that's a good analogy to life um, in, in all the different themes that we've touched on. It's just like life is going to happen regardless. It, it's, it's how you're going to go in there and lift those weights every day, how you're going lift to the, lift the weights of the life, yeah. how you're going to respond to it all, right? I just love like, and and this is why this podcast is going to be so exciting is because we're going to continue to have a wide range of, of different guests, people that like, like Chico, you've served time, you've, you've lived the streets. And then we're going to have someone on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Yet we're going to allow the fitness to connect us all. Right. And we're going to, we're going to allow fitness to draw out different lessons. And at the end of the day, we're going to have what, like, 
we're going to have a pretty, uh, a, a pretty impressive list of guests. Yet, I think all those guests are going to be able to, to relate to each other. For uh, sure. With, without knowing each other or, or experiencing the same thing, right? That's what fitness does for me anyway, or sports or activity. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you hit it on the noggin. I think, I think the big, the nice thing about, especially starting this podcast off with, with uh, you, Chico, is that your life is, is much different than I'd say, fuck, uh, excuse my language people but um i don't know 90 percent, 99 percent of people that you know go through go th- not i mean how many people spend 10 years behind in, in jail right and the fact that the fact that you're so um to me able to to see everything like you know what i mean it's like it's like you you just understand everything so good now from, from based on like how you're explaining your situation and, and where you're at in your life. Like, I just feel like the sky's the limit for you mm-hmm. because you've already, you've already dealt with some of the, the toughest adversity anybody can ever deal with. So I feel like you're just built to, to succeed in anything you want to do. And, and I think, I think it's what, what's interesting about this is that um, it, it's going to tie into other people that, you know, might have a different different path, but might have the same same potential going forward. Like people that are just able to to accomplish things, mm-hmm. um, and and being just genuinely a good person, like being good people and using fitness and the gym to better themselves in whatever they're doing and and the uh, the interactions they have with with people mm-hmm. during the day their days, right? And uh, I mean, I always say life is interesting because as we know, we all grow up in different environments and, and I, I believe that environments do shape people for the most part in, in terms of like growing up in that, you know, from your, your youth, your, your, uh, adolescence. But I find genuinely, most people are genuinely good people and want to, and want to be happy and want to see other people happy. It's just, again, it's just, learning to learning yourself and learning how to put like you we said this whole this one of the biggest lessons i've taken from this podcast is learning to put yourself first and and that's a really difficult thing to understand growing up and especially when like we talk about being in your kind of box your comfort box growing up it's really hard to put yourself first because you're you're around the same people all the time you're you know what i mean and and like another thing I, I took from this is getting going, like you said, go on a vacation, go somewhere you've never been before. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that ties in with putting yourself first. And that leads to kind of like the biggest growth that someone can ever, ever go through from a, at least from a, a standpoint, if you've never traveled, you know what I mean? It's like, you're going to learn so much about yourself, about somewhere else. Whereas if, like you said, if you stay in the same place your whole life, how can you really like how high can you really go? Mm-hmm. You, you know, what experiences have you really gone through? And that's one of the biggest takeaways I've, I've heard. Like, mm-hmm. man, like that, that really, like, to me, that message is just so powerful because they tie into, they, they, they tie in together so well. And, yeah. and, uh, and then by going through those experiences is going to help 
allow you to help others yeah. do the same, right? And 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 that's one that's the most important thing about life is is being able to help others and having different perspectives, but being able to talk and being able to mm-hmm. explain to each other, well, this is me, this is my story, this is the advice I can give you, this is this is what I do now. Like like what do you do? What how how can you help? R- rather than always looking for like a negative or you know what I mean? And, uh, side, yeah. yeah and, and man life life is about learning how to learning how to uh succeed with other people that aren't you know might necessarily not look just like you or talk like you but everybody at the end of the day in society is trying to eat trying to be happy trying to love their family be with their family and trying to live a good life and that's that's society and society is not it's not always perfect it's not fair the food chain isn't fair like you know what i mean people start at fucking it's it's very unfair for some people compared to others you know what i mean um but if people can understand that you know there's people that make it to to levels that other people could but they didn't because they put the work in they put time and they worked hard for what they did Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Chico, you're, you're telling me there's people in jail that just don't like, they're okay. Just kind of, they're complacent. You know what I mean? Man, I remember I got, it's, it's a crazy story. I remember having a conversation with a guy probably a couple of months. It was probably maybe a month or two before I was getting, getting transferred to the minimum. And he was at the time, I think I was 31. So he was three years older than me. And I remember having a conversation with him, like, yo, I'm going to the minimum, blah, blah, blah. And I remember him saying to me, like, yeah, Chico, I don't want to get out. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're three years older than me. Your sentence is, you know, coming up soon. He's like, yeah, no, but I don't want to get out. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I don't want to get out. I don't. I'm just going to get out and go to drugs. I'm just going to get out and get high and end up coming back. I haven't talked to my mother or my sister in over 10 years. Like, there's nothing for me to get out to. I'd rather just go to the minimum and, you know, stay here and live out the rest of my days. I'm like, you know, you're only 33, 34 mm. years old. He's like, Chico, I have no interest. Like, I was out once before and I don't have any interest on getting out and that conversation that I had with this guy three years older than me has just stuck with me. Like Mm. my whole, like the last couple of years, that conversation was in 2017. That was three years ago. And it's just stuck with me. Like the fact that he had put so much thought into, to saying that, like he really doesn't want to get out of prison. It was just like an eye opener that like, not everybody has that, that outlook that, that, to see that you know they can still be something regardless if they have family in their life or not yeah. that they still have something to offer to the community that at the moment you might be thinking that you don't have something to offer because you did something bad but once you come to terms with it you accept it and you move forward and you better yourself you have something nice. to, to give right mm. like I always was inside talk most of I want to help the community. Like you guys have been asking me a lot about the youth and I appreciate that. Like if I can get a message to any youth that helps mm-hmm. there be one less person incarcerated, I feel like it's a win. You know what I mean? I sure. can't be, I can't be in the square in Halifax helping the kids in that community 
but I am in Prince George, so I try my best to help the kids in this community. Today, this is my community. You know, mm-hmm. Halifax Union Square will always be my community, and anything I can do from afar, I will, but I'm not yeah. there presently. I'm here now, so what I can do for these kids in this community and make sure that they stay on the right path, is, is, is it means a lot to me. You know what I mean? It's something that helps mm-hmm. me out every day, right? Like, I'm trying to be you know, a better person. I know that I have a lot to offer. I know that, you know, the yeah. way that I am, the way that I talk, yeah. the, the experiences that I've been through, I can relate to the younger kids. I can relate to the teenage kids because the same music that they're listening to, the same things that they're like, they think are cool, but don't really understand. I can tell them like, yo, you think that's cool, but here's why you might think it's cool. And here's what I know about it from living in mm. as an actual life. Like, it's not a movie. It's not a music video. It's not what mm-hmm. you watch on YouTube, <laughs> posting on your Instagram story, yeah. listening to it. Like, yeah, that's cool, and I don't mind it, and it looks good in the video, but I've listened to it. And, like, some of the times when you hear some of these kids say, oh, that's this or that's that, and it's like, I hear them, and I'm just like, you don't even know what that is. You heard yeah. that from a song, and you just think that, you know, it's okay to say but like here, take here's a little history that goes behind it. Here's something that would make you better understand it. You know what I mean, right? So yeah. I just, you know, I I, I like that. You know that and try that's, and help that's the next generation, the right? Right there. That's top of the food chain, right? Like you've lived it. Now you're like, okay, it's not about me anymore, right? I'm gonna use what I learned and, and give it to others. Like that's that's what Will preaches every day. That's why. That's think, what That's why he started TOTFC. I I think. I think when you say uh, your Prince George is your community and that you, I think you can still help people. Like if we get this, I think if people can hear this from the square, you'll make a big difference too. For sure. I know, oh, I, yeah. know I know not being here in person, it's, it, it might be uh, harder to, um, to see, but I think once people start like hearing this a bit, I think it will resonate with a lot of use around here for sure. Um, yeah. Someone who came from that community, yeah. they'll be able to relate. That's that's the amazing thing about technology is that you mm. you might not necessarily need to be present at all times here anymore to make an impact the way that you might be able to in your own mind right like obviously being being somewhere physically is is a lot easier to uh, to uh, see because you get to you walk the streets and talk to the people but I think people being able to hear your voice mm. your face and see and hear your message is just as powerful especially in today's age. Um, and I, I want to ask one more. So, so now, are you still at Orange Orange Theory? Uh, yeah, we're 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 working on it now. I'm working. I'm doing the course currently. Like I've been working there. I'm doing the course right now as we speak to get the proper certification to work there. So love it. That's yeah. How's that? Does that is that uncomfortable? Is that a for the the course stuff? Yeah, the course is uncomfortable because you know, they don't care about they don't care about the gym. Have nothing to do about the gym. Nothing about getting me in there, lifting weights. They're telling me a lot about motivating and talking to people, which is the stuff that I already know. But I you, thought it was yeah. going to be the motivating, the communication skills. I've spent the better part of ten years learning how to communicate and what right. stuff to not say and how to better articulate myself and you know learn to speak. Pause, non like nonviolent solutions and yeah. learn to approach situations that come with a solution, not a problem. And just, you know, how to, you know, take over, you know, certain words that are viewed as negative and, you know, get more information when people are talking to you. So you're not jumping to conclusions. Like I've spent the better part of 10 years 
mastering that, practicing that, adapting that to my life. That's what a lot of this book's about. I thought it was going to be more about, you know, the the gym side of it, which it yeah. absolutely is not. <laughs> but once I get that, it'll be, I'll be, I'll be moving. So I think, good. well, I, I like that because in what you're saying is kind of a lesson that I feel like, I feel like younger people in the same situation might look at a test like that or be told like this is what you're going to learn they might just say like well i already know that so like why would i why would i even get to the certification or the course like i don't need help with that like i need to do something else whereas you're like you're like i know that stuff but i, I for me to move yeah. up i gotta do this whether whether these are my thoughts or not it's you, about you doing what you don't want to do sometimes you understand the work that needs to be put in to, yeah. to get where you want to go and i think kit like people not just kids, but anybody who's listening needs to understand that, like, whether you think you know everything about something, when your like, ego that, aside, man. Exactly, and that's what you it just, you just said. It's it, a yeah. perfect, perfect example because there's tons of people all the all the time. You know what I mean? That say, "Oh, I already know that. I don't need to know that." Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I don't got to practice the fundamentals. I can already <laughs> do a right hand layup. I can already, you know what I mean? For sure. It's not about it's not about the the step back three. Practice, you know, we yeah. talk practice. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what it goes back to. So, 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 Orange Theory is that's, and then that's the, uh, and that's a gym. I just want people to understand that, right? It's a, it's a service, or what is it? Orange Theory. Uh, Orange Theory is basically like a full body, uh, one hour full body workout, and okay. uh, they have a trainer there every, every, uh, every class. And you wear heart rate monitors to to uh, uh, calculate how hard you're working. And yeah. you have to, when you're training, they want you to fall in one of five zones. And you burn the most calories when you're in the orange zone. So you're yeah. supposed to spend, you know, about uh, 15 to 30 minutes in the orange zone. And then they want you to spend the rest of it in the other zones. But also, like, while well, working hard. And then there's, like, a board with everybody's name on it. But you might be in the orange zone at 24 trista might be in the orange zone at 21 i might be in the orange zone at 19 but we're all there the same way but it's there to not make you look at everybody else and say oh well look he's higher than me no he's higher than you Mm -hmm. in the number but you guys are working if you look at the other number you guys are working the exact same because your other number the which is at your heart rate would be at 135 everybody's heart rate is the same number which is what we're trying to reach not the number on gotcha. the side that number yeah. on the side is a personal goal the number that we want you to see everybody in the class you are not working no harder or no less than the person next to you because your heart rates are exactly the same that you're just me, lifting more weight that's that is a crazy uh that's crazy because to me that's a great 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 theory of, of working out because it's it to me it ties into life like crazy because people start at so many different levels and this is why I love Uh, fitness and the analogy to life is that people start at so many different levels, you know, in terms of wealth and economic status. Whereas some people are working just as hard as others, but they might, it might not seem like it it might be hard for people to understand that because they might not understand the differences in where they came from to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Like somebody might have a certain job, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a doctor or a lawyer and they say, okay, he's working hard. And then they might see a a school teacher or I don't know, like somebody that works at a grocery Mm -hmm. store, right. Who's an immigrant, but they're working just as hard. 
you know what I mean? But they just started at different levels. And for what you're saying, like that ties into life. Like, man, like it's giving me a little bit of chills where it's like people, their heart rate's the same, but their, their levels might be a little harder, but they're working just as hard. Mm. And that's a lesson that people need to understand. And life is that stop looking at everybody else and, and seeing maybe how unfair, like, or how much higher somebody might be and just worry, work on yourself and keep working. Yeah. And that's what I love what you're saying. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, work on yourself. Don't watch the person next to you. Work on nice. me. You're there. You paid your money to come to a class for 60 minutes to work on yourself. You have yeah. something. You have goals that you want to achieve. You're not there to yeah. achieve the person's goals next to you. Fitness is a personal journey. You know what yeah. I mean? So nice. Walk your own personal journey. If you yeah. were there, everybody's there to help you. Whether it's just at a drop-in gym, like there's people there that will spot you if you ask, but it's your mm-hmm. journey, you know, yeah. walk it, finish it, you know, step by step, you'll get there. Yeah. It's hard. It's a process, but yeah. eventually you'll get there, you know what I mean? Remember why you started, you know, that's the, there's Orange Theory mm. has a saying, I, mm. I, I put it in my thing, and, you know, when I see people posting on, on uh, you know, my snap, and I'm like, yo, are you going to the gym still? And I'll send it to them, like, if you, you know, you took three days off, I haven't seen you post, well, Chico... No, here, remember why you started. Oh, thank you for that. You know, just you started for a sure. reason. You started for a reason. So just remember whatever that reason is. Don't You don't need to even tell that reason to people. Everybody's reason is different. And just make yourself feel yeah. better. Remember why you started and just stick to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you couldn't get there yesterday and today, make sure you get there tomorrow. And because you missed today doesn't mean that your journey's done. People have to yeah. rest journeys too like sometimes you know when those way back in the day before cars when they're walking across the usa walking across europe walking across canada you think that they walked every day you think they didn't sit down and take a break and right. lay down a tree and get some water and relax and get build their energy back up so that they're the most effective when they go back the next time you know what i mean yeah. and you just got to remember that right like yeah do it for Big you lesson. do it for you man big time lesson man yeah. Hmm. Wow. A lot. Man. All right. That was. I think that was a great way to uh, kind of wrap wrap things yeah. up. Only thing I I would say is if do you have any do you need anything else you want to add or any questions or I want to say one two things. I just want to ask you where did top of the food chain come from? Where did you where did you get it from? Uh, interesting. Um, probably I I think for me. A little bit of it is a culmination of, of my entire life. Like, um, I've had kind of a different a different uh, upbringing than a lot of people. I'd say in life is whereas you know I came my my life was half my my adolescence came from being on welfare and being growing up near the square, and the other half I had a got so I mean like we technically based on speaking like to me. I look, when I grew up, we were kind of at the bottom of the food chain. You're on welfare, you're getting government assistance, um, you're growing up in that kind of environment. And then I had a, uh, my stepfather who met my mom after my parents divorced. My, my, uh, my parents divorced, my father was kind of in, in, you know, in a party, drug and alcohol and that kind of stuff. So a lot of people, you know what I mean? That's, I'm not the only one, but my stepdad ended up marrying my mother who had, who had three kids on welfare which is kind of crazy right like if you if you guys like just like the three of us talking like meeting a girl that has three kids and on welfare like i'm like it's really hard for me like 
to see like a guy that's at the top has his own business to come in and do that. Like that's, that's Take really that on special. His own shoulders, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're that's taking fair. three kids that are like six, 10 and 12 and, a, and a, you know what I mean? So, so I grew up in two kind of different environments, met different people from both environments. And I went off to, I started playing basketball late and, and basketball, uh, I played at St. Pat's met, that's how I met you, and I met some of your friends, and and ended up going to Saint Avex with Tyler and Bear. And for me, I was always at the bottom of the food chain of sports in the basketball sense, where I was always chasing Bear and Tyler. Like I, these guys were always the province's best players, right? So for me, this is where kind of the food chain DNA started, where I was always just trying. I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be reach. A certain a certain level of of self-accomplishment and uh and and all that and eventually you know what my story in terms of basketball ended up i ended up becoming better i i climbed the food chain but i'm looking and then i start looking back and i start seeing marquee and kids like that and seeing the stuff that they're going through and that's where i started kind of getting this whole idea about and I, and I noticed how fitness for me is always, it's it's tra- basketball transition to fitness where I always mm-hmm. just want to keep getting. It's like DNA in me where I just, I just always want to improve. You know what I mean? And I'm, I look at my life and I look at somebody that was at the top of the food chain, my stepfather, who ended up taking taking me, my bro- my brothers and I, and my mom, from the bottom to kind of somewhere near the top. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe not in terms of the, like. There might be people, well, you weren't that rich, but it doesn't, like, the point is somebody that literally worked his, 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 his ass off to get, be his own, have his own architecture firm, literally took three kids and a, and a mother mm-hmm. and, and brought them to a, a completely different environment, supported them, and, and did, did exactly what people, what we talk about at the top of the food chain is you help, you get, you don't go there to be by yourself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for me, I look back, I'm, I'm just, for me, I'm just, I talked to Tristan about it the other day about coaching somewhere. Like my, my schedule recently, um, with working in a restaurant, it, it never really, um, wasn't a great way for, for coaching because it changed so much, but it's something now that I like talking to you guys and talking, doing the food, the food chain a lot is, is it makes me want to give back a lot more. And I'm trying to find the right, the right place to, uh, to kind of put my foot and get get started but that's essentially like that's essentially uh where it started like i just found fitness and sports um to me ties into life so much whereas my experiences meeting so many different people that i might have never met based on the kind of weird weird path i've had you know what i mean like i have so many different friends from so many different areas of the city and i feel like I feel like a lot of the friends I have are very similar. It's just that a lot of them were brought up in, di- in a different environment and, and have kind of different ways of talking or different ways of seeing things. But when you get people together, you can see that everybody is genuinely has the same kind of same goals, enjoy, enjoy similar things. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to like help people understand that like fitness is a great way. Sports is a great way to kind of, tie back into life and how you should approach life 
Absolutely. in terms of how you look at people in, in walking down the street or you know what I mean? And that's, that's essentially what kind of has sparked uh, top of the food chain um, is just, just that I, the ideology of, of always trying to get better um, being uncomfortable, not, not, uh, not looking at other people like they're below you or, or beneath you because you guys, we have different stories, you know what I mean? Or not feel like you're on top of somebody else because you might have more money. Like you said, okay, I got a thousand bucks. You only have 300. Like if that's, that's not what life's all about. You know what I mean? And, and like, I don't go in a gym looking at people like, okay, I can deadlift 500 pounds. Like, don't talk to me. You can only deadlift 200. Like, that's not, that's not the point of it. Right. People start talking to me a lot more now in the gym, asking me questions. And I feel, I feel like, uh, it's kind of like a job of mine to just be open with them and tell them how I feel like my story in terms of fitness and give them those, uh, give them feedback and ho hopefully it can help them in their journey. And, and that's kind of essentially what top of the food chain is. It just, it's a kind of a mindset a mentality of, of, uh, getting better yourself, helping others get better and, and just mm -hmm. constantly growing in life. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to be a billionaire. Yo, if you, if you, if you come rich, you become a millionaire because of the work. That's, that's fuck. That's that good for you you know what i mean but mm -hmm. make sure you do something good with that money make sure you help help somebody else so you know what i mean i'd even say top of the food chain for you has become a platform for you to share your own story in order to help others definitely right? you want you created something and you use top of the food chain uh for the mentality but at the end of the day it's it's just a way that you're allowing to share your story because you want to help others well i mean it's just it's just crazy how certain ex certain experiences in people's lives can really different experiences can can have the same impact. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be if my stepdad was never never around. Like you know, like, yeah. I I truly like I, I I don't think my life would have been uh, headed in a in a positive direction. Like it's just one of those. It's, you know what I mean? It's an experience that I you you don't know like you're you just know that the the, the change is positive you know what i mean sure and um and that, that... chico said that too like you have to thank thank the experiences that you go through because without them you wouldn't be who you are nope. and even though your experience with your stepdad was a was a positive one yeah you look at chico and his experience of going to jail was a positive one because look at where he is now because of it yeah yeah. Right. So you, so you, you look at it too. I can even, I can even use my experience of losing my mother who I came from, say I was like, came from like that perfect family. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden mom, mom passes away and boom, I hit, I hit the bottom. But I, I say to this day, my mom passing away was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because of the lessons it taught, it taught me. And as much of a negative experience that was, it just shot me and it shot me, it shot me through the roof, um, in the lessons that it taught me. And I, I, I wouldn't want to change it any other way for sure. Right? Cause now I have the experience to, to have these conversations and then hopefully, uh, help others too, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what top food chain is for me. And I, I see it as a platform to help others. For sure. That that's definitely what it is. Chico still here? 
Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you're. I think my you're frozen on my thing. Yeah, um, you might have frozen, but but anyways, it's still the that's volume. That's it, man. The uh, the volume's still going. I I will add one more thing. I know we talked about never comparing ourselves to in our journeys and stuff. And I said I was always chasing Bear and Tyler. Um, one one thing I will say is that um, while chasing them, obviously, like I I was never you can't I I didn't compare. Like I always for me. I always just did my own thing when it came to sports and basketball. I was just, I didn't care about what other people, what other people said. You know what I mean? When I, when I went to X, I was, I was bears kind of sidekick. Like people would always laugh and say, Oh, that's, that's uh that's the sidekick or that's, you know what I mean? Like he's only there cause T bear is there. But every day when I was, when I was in school and, and working on myself, working out before every practice, I didn't care what other people said. Like I just focused on, what I had to do to get where I wanted to be, you know what I mean? And and uh, and now I'm in a booklet with you know Gil Green, Brian Lee, Randy Nor, and John Hatch, like legends in Saint of X. Whereas like if people would have ever said like look at, at me and them, mm, yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, all the guys that were there on my recruitment trip, like you know what I mean, Gary Gallimore, Neil McDonald, all the guys that were still there. They would have been like, what are you talking about? This like, mm-hmm. this guy's in a book with them? Like what? Whereas like that that was never my that was never my goal, but that's what mm-hmm. happened when with the work that I put in, which is kind of a lesson for, for people to if you work really hard at something and there's no telling what can what you can accomplish. Yeah. You know what I mean? The type of focus that you that that you put into that, and and again it ties back into what Chico was saying earlier. It's it's the people that you surround yourself like I had to in my last two years I had to kind of distance myself from some of my best friends because I just for me to put the focus into the areas that I wanted to focus in I couldn't always be around them because for example like I couldn't always hang with Bear because Bear just had this like he just had a he just at the top of the food chain in terms of his athleticism whereas like he could go out a night or two drinking and still like come back and just be the best athlete in the gym. You know what I mean? Whereas like for me, I had to keep working every day to even come mm. close to that. So I had to separate myself from guys that on the team that were doing that more than I wanted to and start putting myself around people that were trying to do the things that I was doing to get better. There. And it was, yeah. and, and, and it, it wasn't easy. I mean, we're going to talk to bear later on in one of the next episodes and discuss this kind of stuff. But it's not easy when you, that's your best friend. You know what I mean? That's the guy that you went there, you rode with mm. there that you, it was, it was a really difficult, really difficult time for me, but it was a necessary step in my journey to, to who I became and where I am now. And we can, we can definitely look back at it now and, and talk about stuff like that. But you know, it's not easy. Um, like you said, it's not easy to put yourself first and, separate yourself from some of your friends at certain points or and and all that especially when you know what i mean when you uh when you grow up with these guys and, and they're the ones that support you the most yeah. and that is that is one of the biggest uh takeaways for me is that that i've learned in terms of my journey in terms of climbing the food chain is 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 uh your relationships and and how to manage them and how to uh how to uh yeah how to manage them and figure out what's going to work best for me and and how can i 
and how how how's it how am I going to best affect somebody else in terms of hanging out and doing whatever I'm doing? But yeah, that's that's essentially like that's essentially where top of the food chain came from. It's just it's just uh, the saying, and then you know who wants to be in the same spot in life, right? Nobody ever wants to just be the same person your whole life. Like how how boring is that? Like how, how, how can you stimulate your, your mind and your brain if you're doing this? You know what I mean? Like it's just, for me, that's, it's just something I can't understand. Like I always want to, I always want to get better in some way, another, whether it's, whether it's being a good friend, being a good son, like I'm, I'm still working on being a better son for me. Like that's, that's something that, uh, that's a big goal of mine. The next, I'd say the next few years is to be a better son for my mom and, and my stepdad and, um, and be a better friend and be better in the gym and be stronger and more athletic and, and, uh, you know what I mean? And then hopefully transition that to work and, and, and TOTFC that that's what it's about. Mm. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the basis of what, uh, top of the food chain uh where it came from that's what's up that's great you know that's I, it, man. Just, I was just wondering i was just wondering man where it came from so i thought i'd ask but <sighs> get out of here i just want to you know just let the you know let the people know that you know just because you make a mistake when you're younger man like not everything is over for you you know no. I mean? you can you can totally overcome it like some mistakes yeah. are a lot bigger than others but a mistake is a mistake and you know it's different if you make a mistake and then you make the same mistake again then maybe yes. we have a problem so yeah. i know i made a mistake and here i am you know doing everything in my power to make sure i don't put myself in the same situation again allow myself to make the same mistake because then you have to look at it chico did you make a mistake or what were you trying to accomplish so i just mm. want people to know like you can screw up in life life is not about being perfect nobody's perfect you know what i no, mean you're not. You, yeah. if you are 85 or 90 percent in everything man you're an amazing person so you know try and strive to be perfect but if you're not perfect don't don't beat yourself up, up exactly much, right like allow yourself a little wiggle room for failure you know what i mean yeah. failure is yeah. not the worst thing in life like you know, it's normal. It's part people, of life. Yeah, it's part of life, and some people can't overcome it, and they just they beat themselves up so yeah. much about it because mm. they believe they're supposed to be perfect. But you need to understand that no individual, no human, is a perfect being. You know, we got yeah. you know Barack Obama, LeBron James, Justin Trudeau. You think about anybody, any friends you know, my mother, your mother, aunts, uncle, mm. people that I admire to the greatest end of life that I would put my heart on the line for they're not perfect you know what it yeah. means you yeah. can't expect our friends to be perfect our family to be perfect people need to have that confidence in themselves that self-awareness that you know shit happens in life and it's what you do with it when you screw up that makes you the person that you're going to be so just you yep. know find what it, that is and and just build on it just okay that didn't work this time you know what I mean? Call a timeout and draw mm. up a new play. You know what I mean? Like, that's what timeouts in life are for. That's... Take a minute to, at the end of the night, be like, okay, well, let me reflect on the day. This happened today. I didn't really like it. I don't yeah. want, I possibly could face that same 
situation tomorrow or the next day. This is how I'm going to counter it. This is how I'm going to approach it moving forward. You know what I mean? So just know that you can do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's why they have time for you to just chill. That's why, you know, people, you don't work 24 hours a day. Give yourself a minute to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, experience it and, and see what's going on, what's out there. And just, you know, recognize that you're not alone either, right? There's, you know, many mm-hmm. people in the world and sometimes the people that you don't know will help you the most. So just yeah. reach out to somebody. There's that's avenues, right. there's agencies, there's there's people that, you know, there's somebody that's done something that you want to do before you're going to do it. So yeah, if you exactly. want to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to be a doctor, reach out to a doctor. Maybe you don't know them. If you knocked on their door, they'd be well open to talking to you if that's what you were willing to do if you want to work at the library you want to be a chef go talk to a chef you want to be mm-hmm. a lawyer go talk to a lawyer go sit in the courtroom there very are people, important lessons like, this are these are my goals that ne- never met you a day in your life would sit down and have a conversation with you and pass on knowledge of things that you could do steps that you could take people you could reach out to grants you could get schools you can go to teachers that are good yeah. and at yeah. the end of the day, we're all human, right? We're we're all people with yeah. with different stories. So we're we're all open to talking to each other. And like, Chico, I just want to thank you for giving me me the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more, and to hear your story because you definitely you had a lot of lessons in there that I could relate to. Um, but again, it's it's just putting it in in. It's proving to me that no matter where we come from, we all we all experience a lot of the same things, and to be able to share the story is just that's the fun part of it man so i just want to thank you for for coming on like you know i came from prison you know what i mean but what i did is what i did it's not who i am like there's so much more in front of me and there's so much more i can accomplish so you know just remember that you know people can do things but not every time somebody does something that's the definition of them because they see you deadlift five plates well that's not who you are no you so Mm. much more you know, yeah. Tristan, you play ball just because you play ball X. That doesn't mean who you are. X, mm-hmm. uh, X ball player is part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. You know, nice what I mean? so, you know, just realize that moving forward and, you know, allow people to know that your story is written, but it's not finished, you know. So, nice one. yeah. So um, basically all I want, I, I was thinking after I left the conversation, I was just reflecting and, and going back over some of the things that I said and. You know, I thought a lot of the things that I said were positive, and I hope that, you know, it does help people in a positive way. But the one thing that I thought in my own mind that I don't think I gave enough attention to was just the fact about, you know, what what I where I spent so much of my life is jail. So I just want to touch on the fact that, you know, jail, jail sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, in a lot of my life, I was manipulated or, you know, led to believe that that life was so glorified, selling dope and, and being a gangster. And, mm, and every yeah. movie, in every movie, they show the guy go to jail. Okay, cool. Or they show the guy get killed. Okay, cool. But that is a movie. And in the movie, you're in jail and a three-year sentence or a five-year sentence is shown in a 20 or 30-minute clip. And, you know, you think like, oh, my God, like that ain't nothing you know what i'm saying like but 
essentially in the bigger picture, it's like, yo, it's not just 30 minutes in a movie. Like that's your life. You know what I'm saying? And it got me thinking what made me really want to come back on here was like, it made me have a conversation with myself about a conversation I had with a guy, you guys know, Layson back when we were kids, I was probably about 16 years old. And I remember we were standing in the lane in the square and we were having a conversation. And I said to him, Yo, it doesn't really matter what goes on in this life, man. I know I can go to jail and do 10 years, no problem. And he went to jail and he only went to jail for, you know, I think under a year, but he went to jail. But I remember him writing me a letter one time and saying, yo, this sucks. Like, I don't know how you've been in there for so long. And I'm sitting here thinking about a conversation me and you had. You might not remember. We were probably about 16 or 17 years old. You said... As a teenager, you can go to jail and do 10 years, no problem. And throughout the rest of my sentence, I always reflected on that conversation. How does a 16-year-old kid know that they can go to jail for 10 years, no problem? And why does a 16-year-old kid have that thought they can go to jail for 10 years, no problem? And why and how you don't understand what 10 years is then? Like, 10 years is a long-ass time. Like, why would I be having those conversations all just wide open and just saying it like, that's a like good thing, you know what I mean? Like, nonchalant, mm-hmm. like nonchalantly just saying it like, yeah, man, it don't matter. Like, if I go to jail for 10 years, that's nothing. And he wrote that in a letter to me, like, yo, I sit here and think for the few months that I've been in here about that conversation you had to me, and you're actually living it out. And I'm just like, Chico, you're so stupid. Why were you thinking that? Like in that headspace, in that mindset, mm-hmm. that that's what encouraged me. That's what allowed me to believe, like, oh, I can do this stuff. In my mind, I've already convinced myself, like, you're strong enough. You have it. Right. You can go to jail for 10 years. And sitting in jail for 10 years, 10 years is a long time. Like, yo, this the amount of stuff that you miss when you're gone for mm-hmm. 10 years, it doesn't seem doesn't seem like a lot. Like Jail sucks. So what I got to say about that is just basically like you miss so much, you know what I mean? And most people probably think, oh, when you you, when you sit in jail for seven years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, that it's hurt. I got to tell you, it's the opposite. Your first day, your first week, your first month, your first year. It's so hard. But the longer you're there, the easier it becomes, because now your the the memories are not so fresh or the the time is getting right. a little bit longer you're starting to adapt you're not starting to miss the mm. things that you missed right when you came in if you're used to doing something every Thursday or every Sunday that's right in your mind when Thursday and Sunday comes around after Thursday and Sundays have sure. passed 200 times it's not really like ah you know what I mean but mm. the first month the first year the first year and a half like that stuff's really hard man the longer you get in there the system works on you and you just become a chameleon. You just become what they want you to become. You just adapt. You just conform to their way of life. And then they have you, you know what I mean? You start to think how they want you to think. And it's just like, ah, they've won. You're defeated. You know what I mean? A lot of people get Mm -hmm. that negative, that negative outlook, like, ah, I'm here. And it's just like head down. And it's like, ah, I'm defeated. But at the end of the day, like when you're in there, you do find, small pleasures and being in there it's like well you're there so you have to wrap your mind around being in that situation and you do find happiness in going to the gym and working out and lifting every day and you do find happiness in going 
to play ball three times a week and you do find happiness in the friends that you meet. But those are those it's not a reflection of actually what's going on. Like jail sucks. Like we, we make the most of the situation because we're there. But at the end of the day, like we're missing so much, like it doesn't seem like so much. Like Malik's the same age as you, Tristan. The last time I would have seen him, Malik was, Malik was in grade five or grade six. Malik was four foot, four foot something. The next time I seen him when I got to play, Malik was like six four. (laughs) Malik's all that tall. I haven't seen him since then. You know what I mean? But Malik was in elementary school. So it's like, oh, wow. Like he went from a child to a grown ass man and I Mm. missed it all. Like, yeah, we had conversations. We had conversations on the phone and I got pictures and yeah, that's cool, but you awesome. miss a lot. My little brother had three kids. Like I missed mm-hmm. all of that. You know what I mean? Like I still yeah. got to, I still got to live through it. I got to be on the phone when they were going to the hospital to have the babies, or I got to call the next day, the next morning when the doors opened and find out how or what they named them or how big they were, or you know. And at the end of the night, if something happens, you have to go to your room at 10 o'clock and not know what happened until the next morning at 7 30 mm-hmm. you know what i mean like when uncle wade was sick like i got to talk to him every day but at 10 o'clock when i went to my room i didn't know what was happening yeah. to him yeah. all through the night until the next morning when i woke up you know what i mean so it's like yeah i'm sleeping but my mind's racing on what's going on i'm doing the best that i can do by sending letters sending pictures make a phone calls daily but Mm-hmm. you're missing that whole piece that whole piece goes over people's mm-hmm. heads of the stuff that you're missing like oh i'm here with my friends yeah i'm lifting weights yo bro everything's good like i got canteen right. like i'm doing good yeah i'm getting yeah. in good shape all of that's true and i say the same things and yeah when i when people do genuinely ask me chico how are you doing are you doing okay yeah i am doing okay like physically i'm doing okay mentally i'm doing okay my mind's locked in on this prison so it's like I'm not doing bad because I've already transferred my way of mm-hmm. thinking to from the street to the inside so that I don't sure, get lost. In, yeah. Mm. yeah. So I don't get lost Oh, in the world, you know, struggling every day with oh, what's going on when I'm not, you know, on the phone. You know what I mean? But so much situations go on in your life and you don't really realize that what's happening in the moment mm-hmm. until I came out and I see there's Malik at six foot five or my nieces and nephews are now all walking and talking and now, Mm. you know, uncle Wade's not here or Tyler's not here. All these things have happened. Life has happened. Everything has Mm. happened. And you're there as much as you can be as close as you can be over the phone. That's how close you are. Like right now, this is as close as I could be to the family. You know what I mean? So as you say, you want to get home to where you can be a little bit more comfortable going through what's happening in this world Yes, I totally agree with that. Get around, be around family. Family is so important. And the closer you are, the better you'll be. And here I am, not even that I'm close to family. I'm in prison, but I'm also on the opposite side of the country. It's not even like I'm in Nova Scotia where I'm two hours away. And people are like, oh, there's no minor this week or high school's over. And they're like, oh, you know, let's drive down. Let's take a two-hour drive and go check Chico. I'm on the opposite side Mm -hmm. of the country, which made everything take what I was going through and then add, okay, well, you're on the opposite side of the country. It just makes it that much more harder. How hard is it to now try and get three or four or five people, an entire family from Nova Scotia to British Columbia for a visit? You know what I mean? Mm. It's just like, you know, 
I don't want to put the burden on you guys. I'll call you guys every week, every couple of days and just make sure everything's good. But I'm fine out here. You know, mm. I just want people, you know, the kids to know that like, yeah. And the moment it seems super cool. Oh, you got three or four of your friends up there. And that's the same thinking I had. I'll be fine. My friends are there. What My friends, I have friends that are balling and going to university, but I also have friends that are in jail. So if I'm in a place and you're there, we're going to have, we're going to have fun. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And it's like, I just don't, I don't want people to overlook that, that like, Oh, you, you have fun in the moment in prison, but it's not the fun that you're used to, you know, you make the most of the situation that you have. Right. And it's just like, try and understand that, put some thinking into that. Like, yo, you're going to miss out on a lot. If you got a kid, you're going to miss out on their birthdays. You might miss out on their first steps. You might miss out on their, you know, their words. And if you have people that you're close with and they pass away, you might get to go to the funeral or you might not. The decision's Mm. not ultimately yours. Somebody Mm. else is deciding for you whether or not you get to go to that. Somebody takes ill and you want to go say your last words in person and not over the phone. It's not your decision. Somebody else right. decides, ah, you were good or you weren't good. Oh, we can't have security. Oh, today doesn't work for us. Oh, you know, there's not enough staff. Who the, the decisions aren't yours. And those little small things are the things that I don't think people realize. Like when you're in the system, you can still have your own mind and think for yourself. But a lot of the major decisions are made from somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? So do you, do you think like, if you, if you knew this, like, I think it's an obvious question, but I still want to ask it like with what you just said, would that had uh, made you made, make smarter decisions back uh, before you went to jail? Like if you, because you said like, man, I could do 10 years easy versus today you're saying it wasn't that easy. Like I missed a whole lot Would that. If you had known that before, um, obviously that would that would have helped change your mindset and, and prevent you from doing some some of the stuff you did or or do you think it wouldn't have had much no, I think uh, I think anyway? it definitely I think it definitely would have helped change my mind state but the fact that we knew people that were getting out of prison who were a little bit older than us who also got out and glamorized it to us in a sense you know what I mean stand up the street older guys get no but I wish I would have had my own knowledge on the situation so that I could better make the decisions for myself. So they right? glorified and, it, did they? They were just like, man, I just did four years, no problem. Exactly. It's like, oh, did you hear so-and-so's oat? And it's like, guys, that maybe you didn't meet because they're older than you, but now you're in the game. And here they are. They just come around. It's like, sure. oh, yeah, what's up? Oh, yeah, man, I was just up there. And they get out. And they're in good shape. And everybody's just like, oh, man, he was in jail. He was in jail. And it's like a celebrity figure. But at the end of the day, it's like, That's cool. He comes out and he shows you that he's in decent shape and he's seen so-and-so up there. But what about the other day-to-day things that he's leaving out? Oh, well, I had to go to the hole for this or I missed my grandmother's funeral or I missed the birth of my nephew or I missed the death of my best friend or my mom went into the hospital Mm -hmm. with cancer and she was in there for three months and I didn't get to go and see her. Like all of those little small pieces are the pieces that are left out that nobody says like, yeah, they come out and they tell you their truth. Like, Oh yeah, I was in jail. I got in a fight with this guy or I lifted weights with that guy or we sat at the same table or we played cards together. All of that stuff's true. And that's the stuff that's like, Oh, okay. That's a, you know, that sounds pretty cool. We play ball two, three times a week. That's cool. That's all the positive stuff. 
that and, and those are positive things, be it active, you know, you went to school, mm-hmm. which is good, mm-hmm. and, and, and you had a job, and all of those things are positive, but there's, where's the negative stuff? Where's the stuff, man? Sure. I had sat in my room at night, and I was, like, just waiting for the door to open because something bad happened the night before, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, when mm-hmm. 7.30 comes, I'm busting that door, and I'm running right down to the phone because I need to hear that everybody's doing okay, or how, if they're not doing okay, what happened? Was there any progress made last night and so you would you would like to see people start to you know change change the the story that they're telling that that kind of that what you're you're leading into a big question that i have based on what you're just what you just said and for me the question that i would that that i have um and and it's 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 been a topic with with your brother at, at some nights at mars in the past and it's it's been talked talked about before, and I like what you said yesterday when you say like, you know, some people that might listen to this might look at Tristan and I and, and be like, well, these guys, what are they talking on the subject? Because like, you know, they never lived it, they never, they never had to do it. And you said, if 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 you're gonna listen to somebody, you gotta listen to me because I I'm the one that lived the whole lived it all. And my question is, what you said when you said you were 16, how you, those were your thoughts. Why? And I think you partly answered the question when you said the, the the older guys that you know that you might look up to or you might meet, like glorified it and talked as mm-hmm. if it's it's nothing. But why is why is a sixteen year old? Why are sixteen year olds um, thinking that that like that is that's okay? Like that's 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 life like you know like how you talk about how you adapted like in jail after the first year or so like how you how you started to figure things out and near the end of your time like you started to really adapt and figure out like okay like i can do much more like i can help people i can why my question is why aren't young kids thinking i can i can climb the food chain in a positive in a positive way where i'm not gonna you know i'm not automatic i'm not gonna fall off i'm not gonna I'm not going to have to go do one, two, three years. You know what I mean? I can go get exactly. it. Like, like how you said the other day, $350 is worth more if you're out of jail for, for mm. one or two or, you know what I mean? If you make $100,000 and go to jail for, for 10 years, what is it worth, right? Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. There's a saying, there's a saying, my worst day out here is better than my 10 best days inside. And I stick with I stick with that. Like I got a third of my life was spent behind bars. So I have a lot of good times and I'm not going to say I say jail sucks, but I do have good times. There's memories today that I have that I wouldn't throw away. There's things that we did when we were inside. We had fun. And there's times stories that we tell me and still some of my friends that, you know, you guys would tell like stories from X. Like there's Mm -hmm. times in my life that memories that I wouldn't give up. However, my worst day over here is better than the 10 best days in there. Here I am. I have my freedom, which is ultimately what I wanted. And if I don't have anything, if I don't have a dollar for one day, I know that if I had, if I was inside and $90 is the most that you can have, if I was inside and I had my $90, my worst day over here with zero is better than my best day in Mm. there. Because at the end of the day, I still have everything I need. You know what I mean? And what I would say about the kids and the thinking that goes behind being 16 and having that mind state, a lot of my favorite movies growing up, paid in full, you know, lockdown, mm-hmm. you know, Menace to Society, the movie Redemption, 
like a lot of these movies, essentially people end up in jail, but it doesn't, they don't make it seem as if it's that bad. They show you the fighting scenes, they show you certain things that happen, but at the end of the day, I never realized how bad it was. And that's me personally, like I went through it. I've been in, and now I'm out. I can honestly say I didn't realize that it was going to be that long. When I was saying that to people, I can do 10 years. I had no clue 10 years was going to be that long. And it doesn't seem that long when you're in it. I'm going to be honest. That didn't yeah. seem very long. But now when I look back on everything that happened during that 10 years, it's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that I missed. And here's a, I'll put it into a piece of context for you guys. You guys are basketball fans. When I went to jail, Kevin Durant still played on Texas. Oh, that's that's, that's how long. I was in jail. Kevin Durant still was in university. And mm-hmm. here we are, right? So just think of all the stuff that yep. I missed. If you go yeah. back to Kevin Durant was still in university, even just from a basketball stand, all the stuff that I missed just through basketball. Imagine all the stuff that I missed that goes through life. Kevin Durant was in Texas. You know sure. what I mean? And yeah, that's the one thing true. that's the one thing that I tell people, people that don't really understand. I'm like, yo, when I went to jail, Kevin Durant still played university. He had not yet been drafted. Right. So, so do you, do you, do you find um, I I've always I've always felt that especially in Scotia especially with you know we talked the other day about it being black and white and and the segregation and the systemic um, issues that have happened do you feel like do you feel like there's enough support in the square in the park I I know things are slowly starting like I see some friends of mine that are are really like Bradley Day Dorico. Uh, yeah, Rachel Simmons and 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 uh, even Layson. Layson's a really big. Uh, he's a, a strong voice in the community. Like my thing is, I feel like sometimes I feel like the support for for kids is is not there to kind of have people that can that can help point them in the right direction. Where you know what you're saying can get through to them. You know what I mean? Where it's like you don't need to be. You don't need to make that that million by 18 or that, you know, what I mean, you don't have to be worth, you know, walking. You don't need that big chain right away. Like if you put your head down and you work hard and you, you, you stay consistent, you can get, you know, you can eventually make big changes. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I feel like sometimes um, I, I feel like especially in Halifax, like it's, it's hard. I feel like um, like I, t- I talk to people all the time about like you know the communities like it's really it's really weird when i go to like ontario and places and i and i go to streets and like you know when i visit my girlfriend's place like their their blocks are so diverse like you see everybody you know what i mean you see brown people you see black people you see white people yeah. it's a mix whereas like halifax you don't see that like you it, it's rare to see a family that might have grown up in the park or the pubs or the square living in the south end like 30 years down the road you know what i mean like there's no movement yeah. Or or right. or a home. Like there's just it's just like it's weird to me that everybody just stays like, Yeah, no. I, I agree with you there. And like the community thing with like with the help and the resources now, like since I've been home, I seen that, you know, we got Lindell in on the city council now. Yeah, I see that yeah, Bradley's Bradley's doing some stuff. I see, you know, Trey's out there helping Trey's with the well, protests, yeah. you know. You got Corvell Beals out there doing some yeah. things. You got Plenty out there doing some things with the family over fame. You got the guy, uh, 
the 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 Mr. Nine O Two Violence guy yeah. that's out yeah, there, yeah. you know, doing stuff. You know, I got I got a good friend of mine, you know, Corey, who's got out and you know really you know tried to pave the way for me, and he did a lot. Like when I was inside, like reaching out and saying, you know, Chico, reach out if you need any help with your you know your release plans and stuff like that. Like I went through it, and I like that that he you know took a moment to just say it to me and that's why I want to do the same for other people like if you guys need any help with you know trying to get yourself oh here I am because you know here's Corey he's trying to help right now like he's in the mm-hmm. community he went through the same situation that I went to and he's another person that guys can't look at and if they say something to him if he says something to them or I say something to them little kids they can't look me back in the face and be like you're a hypocrite you never lived a life like no go do your research and come back. Like, I'm not out here to brag because I realized that, you know, that was me then and here I am now. But what I'm doing Mm -hmm. now is trying to pay it forward and trying to show you that, look, I walked these steps. I lived in that cell. I slept those sleepless nights. Like, yo, why do you want to go down the same path as me? I understand what you're going through and I don't have all the answers. I don't like, but I do know that there's other people. We got 902 men up out there. We got people that you can reach out to. I don't have all Mm -hmm. the answers, but I do have a few stories that I can tell you that hopefully would lead you down a different street. Like, oh man, this is, that's what's really going on. That's the stuff that's hidden. And that's the message that I want to pass. Like I can't financially help you. I can't, don't got the connections to get you into this school or help you get Mm -hmm. into this class. But I do have the stories that can help you stop what you're doing and go and reach out to the people who are also there to help. Because we do have a lot of people in the community who want to help. And it just gets to the point where do you want to help? Because I I called all of my uncles probably a couple years ago and told them thank you for everything that you did. Like, what Mm -hmm. do you mean? I'm like, when you guys used to, when my mother used to call you guys when I was younger and get you guys to take me to steak inside or side burials for supper. Chico, smarten up. Like, what are you doing? And I would just mm-hmm. brush you guys off. Like, who are you talking to? Like, no one talks to me like that, like uncle or not. And here I am 15 years later, I can call and say, thank you for that. But I wasn't prepared for that. That I wasn't mm-hmm. mature enough to take what you were offering them. But I'm calling now to say thank you because I appreciate it. And I appreciate the fact that here I am 15 years later, doing things that you don't agree with, but you still take my calls and you still offer the advice. Now, here I am today willing to take it. What do you have for me? What, what is it that you want to guidance you want to pass on to me today? Because I'm ready. Fill me up. Give me whatever it is that you have because I'm the sponge. I want it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, I'm like, I wasn't at the point then. I couldn't hear anything you were saying. I was too clouded. My mind was too full of whatever it was. And I didn't hear anything that was being said. So, you know, my Uncle Mark, my Uncle Craig, my Uncle Thade, Aunt Sherry, my mother, when people were saying stuff to me, I didn't hear anything anybody said. There was nothing nobody could say to me then. But here we are in 2019. 2019, 2020, I can call you and have a conversation with you for a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, and listen to the things that you want to tell me that I should have already been listening to then. But now, when you're talking to somebody and they're not hearing you, mm-hmm. you're wasting your breath. But here I am today, man enough to listen to what it is that you have to say. And, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Here it is. What you guys are telling me then is yeah, now that shows growth, and too. Yeah, shows that's growth, growth, you know? And so, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from it um, is is the fact that um, 
you know, obviously the growth and, and like what you, what you just said, but obviously like the knowledge that you've taken away and, and, and the ability to, to, um, just kind of like put, put your ego aside in the sense where it's like, there's, there's, there's more to life than just like, than just like being like, uh, this, this, this image or this idea of liked by others, culture yeah. or, or what you were led to believe as a, a youth or, you know what I mean? Growing up watching or listening to, to music or watching movies or TV. And, and the crazy thing is now we talk a lot about like, that's, that's a huge thing in, in, in the movie industry is, is trying to change the perception of, of, uh, you know, colored people and, and their roles in movies, you know what I mean? And it's, it's interesting that you say that, you know, paid in full, like these movies were kind of almost what reinforced what you already believed in a sense, based on where you were growing mm -hmm. up, you know what I mean? hundred percent. And, and, and I think it's, it, I, th I think my biggest takeaway is that I think it's any kid listening should, should, should hear what you're saying. Um, and, and realize that like, they pretty much can do whatever they want when it mm -hmm. comes to something else. Like, despite where you may come from, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're able to, to do as much time as you've done um, and come out and, and focus on, on uh, fitness and orange theory and put your energy towards that. You know what I mean? So imagine, imagine if the energy that you had in the game when you were 16, you were putting towards school and, and, and university, like where, like, where would you be today? You could mm -hmm. be, you know, a lawyer, you could be, a doctor like you could be anything you want but like what you're saying is is that the the reinforcements weren't they weren't telling you that i mean like maybe maybe like some close people but like the actual like the the cool things that yeah 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 doing. or your friends or the videos or, too, or, yeah you know what i mean like so it's, important it's who you're surround like everything we've talked about like the surroundings putting yourself first not getting stuck in what people like the, their expectations for you but what yeah. your expectations are for you i mean for me, that's my biggest takeaway is that like watching and listening to you talk about your journey and, and, you know, you climbing and falling and now climbing back up is like, man, anybody can do anything they want mm -hmm. as long as they, they put, they, they focus their energy on that and they, they make sure that other people don't start distracting them. You know what I mean? That's one of my biggest takeaways is that to, to any kid listening, li listen to what, uh, Chico saying right now because man, he's pretty much saying whatever you put your energy towards, mm -hmm. you can you can achieve. But don't don't listen to people that you know might not have your best interest or or might not be telling you everything, the whole story. Like you said, you know what I mean. Glorifying something that you know they're not telling you everything. You know. No, I, I, I wish... yeah, that's it. Yeah, you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say like I like you know just. Nobody tells you the whole story. They only people only tell you what they want you to know. You know, if I, if anything happened right now, like last night or anything that happened in life, you tell the people the parts of the story that you want them to know. The most interesting parts are the parts that get told, and everything else gets left out. And that's for the whole climax, the rise of the action. So it's all that same stuff that they teach you when you're writing a story as a little kid in school that there comes, you know, there's all the parts to the pillar and then it comes down. You got to bring it up and then you got to bring it back down. But people leave out the stuff that doesn't bring action, the stuff that, you know, nobody, they don't believe people are going to think is important, but no, that information is valuable because you can't make 
a decision in life without having all the information. Mm-hmm. When you lack information, you make you make and you come to conclusions based on the information that's provided. But if you only have 40 percent of the information, well, then mm-hmm. you might eventually come to a conclusion that you have to change or you might say something that you have to take back because more information is provided to you that then essentially changes the way that you see it. So yes, it was provided to me that if I sell dope, I can go to jail. You do the crime, you do the time. Okay, that part's given to you. But what about the other part of the story Mm -hmm. of all the other stuff that goes into it? You know what I mean? You did tell me that if I, you know, Chico, these are the mistakes that you're going to make and you're going to have to live with you. You make your bed, you have to lay in All those cliches were told to me. But then there wasn't the other side that was told to me, too, which I wish I would have had, you know, the whole book to read, yeah. you know what I mean, instead of just half of it, right? So I, I was just going to add, like, Will, you said it's important for those kids to to be aware of what they're what they're taking in and what they're listening to and be aware of that. But then I think it's just as important that, especially for, like, Chico, for you and, and, and anyone else who's just coming out of the system, um, but even for Will and I, it's it's just as important to be aware of the information we're giving to others, right? Um, just as just as important as it is to be aware of what you're listening to and you're ingesting, it's important to 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 be aware of what you're giving out to others because you never know who's listening, and you never know what uh what your story can affect um, someone else, whether you know it or not, or whether that's even your goal is to help someone. I think it just like what I really got from this whole conversation is that the, the, the power of storytelling is, is so large and, and we still don't even understand it until, until you begin to uh, share your own story is that you, you may not have a goal or you may not even have um, like the, the want to share your story or, or reach someone else, but just by sharing or having a conversation I, th- I think it's it's important to know that it has the potential to to reach someone. Um, like to be honest, like this podcast, we don't really have an audience right now, and and though we're still recording it and everything, that doesn't mean someone's not going to hear it, right? So even though we don't have a clear objective or a clear path or like a like a, a plan, I think it's important to understand that the story that you tell has the potential to reach someone, whether you know it or not. So be aware of what you're sharing right well that's true right because i wasn't sure that i wanted to share my story like there's Mm -hmm. so many people that have been asking me like chico like legit like Mm -hmm. all the things that you've lived and all the things that you've been through you know why don't you write a book like you got so much you can tell like i got Mm -hmm. my my clear relationship with uncle wade and the positive that's that he's brought to the community through basketball and through acts you know our and our relationship runs deep like nobody will ever know you know what I mean like such a positive relationship with him and you know and and my mother with the fact that you know she's got mega going now and the fact that she's Mm -hmm. in the community and all the help that she's brought to the little girls around our community and now the whole city you know what I mean and you know growing up in the community and playing ball at the Y for Stevie D and, and, and Sean Bantley and and Augie and with Africa with David and all of that stuff but then you know, I got so much more stuff like, you know, playing basketball with Will and mm-hmm. T Bear and Tyler and all the people around the city that have, you know, grown up playing ball. But then I got the also the negative side of the friends that I've hung with and the stories that I can tell about that. And then I got the whole jail sure. aspect. Right. And then I got, you know, so much different stuff 
you know, relationships with my little brother, Ryan, who like the bond is, is unbreakable now, but then also the fact that I have other little brother who I'm just, you know, trying to get to know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, me and Ryan talked pretty much every day for, right. you know, 10 years, whether it was for five minutes or an hour. So our relationship, our bond so much, me and Malik would talk, you know, once a month, once every two months, because maybe he's not right. home as much, do you know what I mean? But we would still talk, but it would be very sparingly. Like we could have a quick conversation, 10, 15 minutes about basketball, what was going on currently in the league. And then that was the extent of our relationship. That was it. You know, once we talked about the moves and ball, who played, what was going on, that was it. But now I do my best to make sure that we have more than that as a relationship. You know what I mean? So lots of people are like, Chico, why don't you tell your story? And I wasn't really sure that people cared to hear my story, but now, you know, hearing it from so many people like I get it mm-hmm. from everybody Chico why aren't you telling your story and then when mm-hmm. Will reached out to me it's like you know what let me take a minute and you know get it get it on camera or get it you know try and get right. it out to people and 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 see how people feel about it because not everybody is going to that was what I thought about getting my story out there not everybody's going to agree with my story but there's going to be a lot more people if you don't agree with my story if you hear my story you might can then use it as a teaching tool for somebody exactly. else you and know connect, what i mean so connect your own story with you with yours That's the yes and connect my story if you're a mother or a father and you somehow stumble across this podcast maybe it's like oh that kid was in jail yes i was in jail and if you have a troubled teenager that's possibly going that's right. down a road mm-hmm. that you don't agree with or he's you're starting to see some things that yeah. you don't agree with have him listen to the podcast and no i'm not trying to glorify everything i'm just trying to give both sides of the story and that's one thing that i realized too like always present both sides of the story give people the opportunity to see both sides the good and the bad you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so that they can make an informed decision because if you you know only give people one side of the story that's not the best way to help people get educated and have the best people to have people to learn right so wasn't sure people want to hear my story and now we're going to see what people think and mm-hmm. I hope their response is positive and I hope when people hear it they realize that you know I have a story to tell you have a story to tell everybody has a story yeah. to tell but my story is still the rest of it's still unwritten and I hope that you know the amount of years that I lived in the stories that I tell so far the first chapters of my life are able to help people in a positive light and change something and then going mm-hmm. I still have you know, many years of my life left. And when I revisit this in 10 or 15 years, mm. and I got some more positive stuff to tell, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of the stuff right now seems negative, but eventually can turn to positive. Mm. You know what I mean? You learn that in school. Too. too negative is a positive, back, yeah. right? I can look mm-hmm. back on it and, you know, well, in 10 years, yes, I'm still that same boy that went to jail as a teenager. I'm still that same guy that spent 12 years in prison. However, these are my accomplishments today. And mm. all of that stuff that happened before me is part of my sure. journey and building who I am today. And I'm just trying to be a better person. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to be a better person. And That's I sure. want other people to know out there that, yo, you can be a better person too. Like just start, starts within, right? Yeah. And yeah, man, that's that's all I wanted to get across was just jail sucks. And I want to give you the other side of the picture, too, because so many people forget to tell you the other side. You will miss a lot. You will mm-hmm. make friends. You will make bonds. And that stuff is true. But you will miss a lot, too. And what is it that means more to you? Is it 
the money that you get to show off today and the cars and the chains and all the big packs and, you know, the nice shirts and the nice shoes and all the weed that you get to smoke. But then you have to go sit in the cell and miss the birth of your nephew, the death of your mother, the death of your mm. grandmother, the death of your grandfather, the marriage of your sister, the marriage of mm. your brother. Or is it, you know, you get up every day and you go to work and you have a little less money in your pocket than your friends, but you realize how much value that adds because you don't have to then go and give that up That's and right. be, you know, you don't have to give that up and be a member of the system. You're building, and you're building, you can build building your, your foundation future. Food you're chain. building your yeah. foundation to climb the food chain. And which, which one would you rather be? Would you rather take it slow and steady and win the race? Or would you rather try and go fast mm. and eventually have to pay off, for it yeah. in the long yeah. run? Right. That's, so that, that's, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a huge lesson. Cause that's Tristan. And I always talk like the, the, the symbol that, that, uh, that I have on the, the sweatshirt, the bottom is, 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 is solid. Strong. It's the strong foundation, right? The strong foundation is going to help you climb. It's going to help you move up. And, and if you don't have a strong foundation and you just are starting to, sh- and you're just going shooting up so fast, like, boom, mm-hmm. money's coming in. You're just saying, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Or yeah. doing whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's whatever it is, you know, if you're jumping in the gym for the first, uh, you know, year of your life and you're just jumping on drugs right away, like, yeah, something's, you know what I mean? Cheating on exams or cheating, homework cheating on exams, and stuff. Not, yeah. not, you know what I mean? Or, or stealing from work, like you're going to work or mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about anybody, but eventually things are going to fall off. Right. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you said, having a strong foundation to build a future towards. Right. And, uh, man, that's a we, big, that, that's a big, for lesson. sure. Well, you guys know, you guys know my family and my foundation is as strong as ever. I'm yeah. the, oh, yeah. you know, the black sheep, but, my foundation, I believe, is what helped me get through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody, and it's still a shock to me that after all that time, nobody turned their back on me. I was looking for people to not be there, and <laughs> they were all still there. And it's like nobody agrees with what I do or the lifestyle that I live. But the foundation of our family, everybody stayed there. You know what I mean? And that, that in itself made me think a lot too. Like why the hell, like who am I that I can screw up more than anybody but yet i look right. down and our foundation is still so strong and i got all the family there trying to hold me together and push me up like yo chico like you could still do this and it's like if you believe in me why can't i believe in myself and i just want know that yeah like what you guys know that's, the family that's, yeah it's that's crazy what we were talking about the other day picking somebody up pulling come on come on mm-hmm. come up here exactly mm-hmm. even if they got to pull your hand 2500 times eventually 100% yeah eventually you're going to take it and then that goes into the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people your friends and everything right yeah exactly I just believe the family didn't want to see one person not make it they just stuck with me and uh, I'm fortunate I'm, I'm grateful that they didn't give up or turn their back on me and now here I am just trying to climb to the top of the food chain and let them know like yo all the time and effort that you put into me didn't go unnoticed and I'm thankful for it. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's what's also, up. I think that's also, uh, like you said earlier, like if there's people out there or, or family or parents out there that listen to this, that's a really, really important. Um, don't stop here. loving. Yeah. Don't stop loving. Don't, you know, if, if somebody that you truly care about keeps messing up, like, you know, finding a way to still, still stay with them and love them, even if they're right. being hard headed and not listening to you for, uh, you're, 
you're living a living lesson that eventually somebody can come mm-hmm. around and say, I get what you're doing. And you're they'll appreciate that whole time. Yeah. Hundred per a hundred percent. I appreciate it a lot more today than I ever did, to nice. be honest with you. And they never gave up on me and they always tried the exact same stuff. And even when I first went in, I was so, you know, just like whatever, like I'm here. You guys don't know how long I'm gonna be here. Like, why is people bothering me? Like, let me get in my head frame and just let me do me. Like, just leave me alone. Like I gotta lock in. Then I realized, you know, now here I am. I can accept it. Like, yo, thank you. Thank you for just being there. Thank you for just having my back. And like you said, like, yeah, like if somebody's listening and you guys are feeling like giving up on somebody, like don't like a pat on the back, a, a thank you. Or like, you're doing all right. We recognize the growth. We could see the change. Like, yo, just keep climbing. Like, you know, we're going to be here for you. You're not alone. Like those little things mm-hmm. go so far, man. And they help change a person's day. If you can change one minute of one person's day, you've done something positive and maybe it will click in. And when that change goes, that change goes all the way. Like I'm 100% committed now. There's no 99, there's no 95, like I'm 100% committed. And if I go down, it was at least like, yo, I gave it my all. I didn't try and cheat the system. I didn't try and cheat myself. I didn't cheat my family. It's like, yo, I gave you guys everything. You guys give Mm -hmm. me everything. I give everything back. And that's the loyalty right there that I always speak about, you know? I love it. Yeah, I know. Good. I'm, uh, I gotta go pack up my room. All right, gotta, man, you go pack I, I gotta, up, man. I gotta, I gotta get ready for tomorrow. So have if, a safe if, flight, man. If Trudeau lets you, if Trudeau lets you back in the country. if I'm allowed, I'll, I'll keep y'all updated. Yeah, keep us updated, man. All Who right, safe flights, man. I'll check in on you later. See how everything works. All right, so much All love, right, bro. Well, yes, Thanks. man. Appreciate it. All, All right, right. Thanks for listening to episode two of TOTFC podcast with us. Uh, Chico Stakes. Um, our next guest is uh, goes by the name of T Bear T Bear Upshaw. Uh, he's a recent uh, Saint of X basketball player and someone who we both Will and I would classify as someone who is at top of the food chain um, in the basketball world. Um, he uh, a former three time provincial high school champion, um, track star two-time AOS MVP, Team Canada, University Games. I mean, the list goes on for this guy in terms of athletic accomplishments in his childhood. Probably one of the best athletes to ever come out of Nova Scotia. Arguably the best basketball player. Um, and I know people will argue, but that's what those discussions are for. And uh, tune in, hear his, uh, his journey in the bas- basketball world and, and how it affected him going forward in life as now he currently uh, is getting into hiking. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a uh, fascinating he's proving, chat. He's proving that your your life isn't one-dimensional, even though he, he was is. his all-time basketball Versa- player. Versatility started- matters, yeah. So yeah. Uh, tune in for that, and uh, thanks for listening.